waiting for this to start up. It's getting annoying uh, to levels I don't like where um, they just keep. See, and now it's not working. Here we go. Now it's finally on. There. Yeah. Uh, I don't need this pain in my life. I really don't. And it just, people think I'm, oh, he's naturally angry. Like, I have the angry genes from Ireland or Spain or wherever the fuck my lineage comes from. It's not. <laughs> it's this, it's every fucking, see, every time something goes wrong in your life, there is a person responsible. Now, every once in a while, it might be a tornado. And in your case, it might be 14 feet of snow. But for pretty much any reason, you're dealing with technology or some other, some fucked hard again at Google fucked with something. I did everything I did normally this time. We're coming down to the crunch time. Also, it's going to be 11 o'clock. I'm trying to do it on hard times. Hey, it's 11. Everybody, we're going to start at 11. Not every, I'm going to, you know, send it out early. And then you log in and it's like, you got five minutes and oh no, it's not working. Oh, there's Atham. I can't, he can't hear me. And so you got to yeah, go control you can, and fuck with shit. You, you have to be, you have to have this education on computers that pretty much only Gen X has right about now. Maybe some millennials as well, but you have had to have grown up with computers to run into every fucking problem. These goddamn virgin pussyless dicks out there. Uh, have decided train and fuck and update and everything. the great one just had a, a whole rant and tirade about this on his latest podcast. It was surprisingly not, not as racist as it normally is. <laughs> oh, you get used to it, man. You, uh, I, know. I, I always expect it. You know, I, I know. And that's why I probably have to start this up at, uh, um, uh, like 15 minutes before. And, uh, we should, we should, we cannot afford to do Elkins time because once Elkins is no longer in busy season, he becomes like this lazy. I'll kind of dial in whenever he's late. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, he um, is late. Yeah, I was expecting to have uh, technical issues. That's why I was uh, around since eight thirty. You know, you've been working on it since eight thirty. No, no, I mean I've been working on my sound and all this crap since oh. eight thirty. Yeah. Well, eight thirty my time. Remember, we're different. Oh, times. that's right. Yeah, yeah. it's well, nine a.m. here. It, you use the same setup though you do for gaming, right? If you just do Skype calls or something. Yeah, I just switch everything to my PC. Okay. Well, wait. Don't yeah. you? Oh, that's right. Okay, you because you play on a console. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I use I use the PC as well, just not as much as before. Too many mm -hmm. cheaters. Oh well. Um. Yeah. So I'm still setting up here, and uh, I've been going through now calling twice every because you know I'm moving and all that. Mm -hmm. I've had out of the four uh, utilities you have, you have what electric gas, internet, internet and then um, electric gas, internet, water. Oh, and water, water bill. And uh, it's like, I never called them. And when I went online to set up the, 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 I'm just like, why do I got this sneaky feeling in the back of my head that none of those fucktards did what I told them to do. And it just didn't. So sure enough, out of the, four three have had no right well we don't we didn't get an order for that and i almost want to film it and yep. uh but i anyway i'm sorry i'm angry how are you how are things pretty good getting ready yeah. for a test that i have uh tomorrow should be a piece of cake hopefully yeah what is it calc no organic chemistry too oh chemistry all right you're getting up there in your advanced classes what are you like a year away or so i mean like if you were going to school full-time how far would you are you a senior or a junior i'm about to be a senior you're about to be a senior. Okay, then yeah. how many more years left? Uh, two more, if if I went full-time. 
which I'm not Okay, blind. somebody yeah. doesn't have their headphones in. Chad, are you off your game today or something? <laughs> he can't even hear us right now. He's got, he doesn't have his headphones in. I, you could you could see him on the screen. There yeah. we go. <laughs> it was laughing, so I think he can hear you. God almighty. By the way, do you like my uh, coffee mug? What's your coffee mug? What would uh, Snake Plissken do? Hey, did you get it from D? Oh, yeah, it is. It's yeah. got DT's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right, so how long will it take you to graduate from uh, at the rate you're going? Like you got, what, two years, three years left? At the rate I'm going? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, it's not like you're not going to school. You post your, your formula and your, yeah. and your uh, chemistry formula. You are taking classes. You're not just poking around, right. you know, smoking your pipe. Uh, three to four years, maybe. Three to four years to At to accomplish rate, yeah. one. Oh no 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 no! What is senior year anyway? Isn't that like your that's your last year? year? Yeah, it's your last year. Uh, no, then I'm not a senior yet. Oh, junior, right? That's the third year. You're a junior then. Okay, I'm about so... to be a junior. There you go. I, I okay, he's there for a while. All right. Yeah. So that's correct. Well, I'm at a stage where I'm ramping up the credits. Mm -hmm. because usually i'm just taking like one or two classes at a time mm -hmm. now this coming semester and fall i'm gonna take three and see how it goes from there is it because your schedule your work schedule won't allow for it or uh, right. is it money like you're not going into debt everything yeah all of all of the both uh yeah i kind of just uh take uh four subjects at a time because i also have to work you know? Well, and then are you trying, is it basically you need to ace all your classes too? Like, do you want straight A's or something? Or is this uh, just everything else takes too much time? It just takes time. Mm. Yeah. Especially with the lab courses and all that. Yeah. I'd imagine. Um, I know back in my day, even it was taking a lot of people five years uh, to mm. get themselves their, their degree in STEM. And uh, yeah, I could definitely see. Oh, that take it forever. Now you smoking indoors? Or you just sucking on the pipe because you need tobacco smell or something? Yeah, I'm smoking indoors. Wait, can you smoke indoors? No. Oh, really? Because <laughs> it looks like you're smoking indoors right now. No, no. Outside is right there. See? Yeah. Oh, is it okay? But you're not outdoors. <laughs> are you? Are you indoors or outdoors? That may be a, why you're not graduating here in four or five years. It's tobacco, all right. That's the back door. Oh, okay. No, tobacco. Oh, tobacco. See? Oh, God, what'd you get? Uh, very nice. Did you ordered online. You got a tobacconist in town. Mm-hmm. Oh, now see now, Chad. Here's this is the what did what did I say the number one cause of all problems was Atham? Other people. Other people here from Chad. He texted me. Yes, I'm having technical issues. Plus, I'm being hounded by a client with an emergency back soon. <laughs> All right. <sighs> anyway, um, so we do have uh, Atham. He's finally on the show. And uh, you got to get out. You got to get out of here at a certain time or what? I have a couple hours. You got a couple hours. Okay. I don't yeah. think it's going to go a couple hours because, frankly, I want to go play golf. I want to bang this shit out. And uh, I need to get in a better mood. Um, I just, I'm sorry, but this, this to-do list, when it doesn't get done because mm -hmm. people don't do what they're going to say, that just means I have to double my work and then there's no fun and no play. And you just can't be on hold with customer service. Cause then you become very, very fucking angry like me. Mm -hmm. Uh, let us, what do I want to do here first? Let's go ahead and bang out.
some asshole consult. You want to do some asshole consulting? We'll get this out of the way because then once Chad comes on, everyone's just sure. going to throw money in his G string. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, Maybe we don't have that many. He, he, he really is like a millennial chick. I was telling him the other day. What, because he's late? Well, yeah. And plus, everybody just gives him money. <laughs> <laughs> now that'd be a hot mill- dude everyone just gives hot women money you know that it's not just millennial girls i mean because there's not that many good looking millennial girls but dude the i've seen if you just keep it together as a woman regardless of age unless you're in the nursing home and men are dying off there are always older men that are going to throw money your way and give you attention oh yeah and so I, I understand and appreciate the concept of the wall. Like it really hits the party girls hard. Uh, and maybe not even the party girls, but like just maybe 7.5 and up. Uh, mm-hmm. Because those women are looking at, you know, they're looking at men who star in The Bachelor. These guys are upper to mid 30s, lower 40s. They're making all the money. They're still good looking. And they focus totally on that. And then as they hit the 30, 35 range, all of you in the chat room, don't go, dude, the chick hits the wall at 23. No, she doesn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> she doesn't. Well, you and I, we have uh, some females in our our uh, group that are, yeah, definitely in their 30s, and they're hot because yep. uh, they keep it together. Uh, but a lot of these gals, I don't, it's basically until you're an octogenarian and you're in the nursing home, there will always be men hitting on you. Yeah. I mean, even if you're 50, if they're desperate enough, they, they will go for you. Right. No, there'll be a 70-year-old man who's got a lot. You may not want him. You may still be, why isn't the 38-year-old investment banker hitting on me? Why isn't the right. the the Latino chemical engineer window washer hitting him? Well, you you probably had that chance at 25. But, but you know, there is a transformation that happens. They become nicer. Once, that, once this happens, they become much, much nicer. Have you found that, though? I mean, to you, maybe, like gals older than you, they become nicer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they're in their twenties, no, forget about it. But if they're older, they're really nice to me. I don't know why. Mm. How old is that? Well, I, 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 I kind of know why because you and I. <laughs> well, more you than me. I've, I've passed my uh, age prime, uh, career prime, probably not. But my, I mean, you're, you're, you're what thirty six, thirty seven. You're right in your 35. physical prime, thirty five. Yeah, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're right there. So I can see why a forty five year old gal is hitting on you. Um. But yeah, I'm, I, uh, you're not going to have once, once the guys hit 45, 50, unless you're really rocking and in really good shape. I know it's like, you, know, you could get any girl, any, I'm like, yeah, I suppose mm-hmm. yeah. You know, for money. Yes. Yes. You can get a girl <laughs> anytime for any age. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, I guess it could happen, but what are the chances, right? Well, is this the the gal that had a the hots for me, your buddy down in Mexico? Was this another gal mm. that's a little bit older than you and has the hots for you? um oh that one yeah she's she's no well she's not that much older than me she's 36 i think yeah okay all right yeah yeah, yeah. all right that's, that's yeah, there's i'm i'm just telling all the guys out there this is not going to be this simple oh once i hit 37 38 uh and i got my job and my career then girls are going to bow down and worship me you'll be in a really good position you'll get more attention than you ever had before gates will be lowered a bit uh, but it's not this magical thing where the girls all of a sudden hit 32 and they're desperate and they're throwing themselves at you. They, uh, I, I don't know if girls ever wake up and recognize because they've been lied to their entire lives that men value beauty and, and youth above everything else. So there's still this holdout and this delusion 
almost maybe arguably until the time they're dead, which is then continued and set upon uh, by set up more by life support with the 40, 50, 60, 70 year old men hitting even 80 or 90 even uh, to yep. make them think that they haven't hit the wall. But that the, the women will hit the wall, but their delusion will not fully go away. They don't want um, to accept it. That's what happens. Yeah. No, that's true. That's that's true. So, Chad, you there? Yeah. How's it going, guys? <laughs> there she is. We're, we we were just talking about how the world's no, no, the number one cause of all the world's problem is other people. Uh, did you happen to run into that? I I was just thinking that five ten minutes ago. You know, I was just <laughs> that. I, it's like we have ESP because that was that's been on my mind in the last few minutes. What what. Uh, I thought the crisis was over. The war is over. The season is done. And uh, you, you don't want to know. Like somebody gets a letter in the in the mail from the IRS of the state of Illinois, and they shit their pants, and they're like, "Oh, help me, help me!" So you just have to talk them off the ledge. But anyway, I, enough. How are you, Atham? Pretty good, man. Cool. Relaxing. Um, yeah, looks like it. Um, anyway, sorry I'm late, but go ahead. No, that's all right. It's it's just it's one of those days. I think Atham is the only one. See, I'm I'm happy how Atham is always perennially happy. You know, here's a guy he's he's working, washing windows, doing well. You got a nightman shift too, right, Atham, or some kind of night gig, yeah. right? And then yep. you then you're going to school, and then you got uh, your family and all that. Not not little kids, but you got your your sisters that um, mm -hmm. that that hang out. But then he's always happy. He's always got that smirk on his face. And it's like, he doesn't have a harem. I know he doesn't have a harem. He's just like that. But then <laughs> I get on, I was pissed off. It, yeah. How, I mean, Anthem, how you do, how about you just relax? You just let it go. We only have one life. <laughs> it's true. Yep. How do you want to spend it? Pissed <sighs> off all the time or, you know. I want to whatever. spend it killing all these people. That's honest to God. You want to know <laughs> what I want to do? I just want to hunt these people down and start cleaning out the gene pool. And then I will be ecstatic. I will be ecstatic. So let's go get the infinity gems then. <laughs> the infinity what? The soul stones. Was this from that, Infinity War? Yeah. Oh. Oh, the infinity stones. Yeah. Oh. No, I want to do it up close and personal. I just don't want to snap my fingers. <laughs> I want to. I'm, I'm not kidding, guys. I'm dark. There's times where it's like I know a couple of people like, no, a bullet is too far away and not personal enough. I want to see me squeeze your neck and the life out of you. I just, sorry, I'm very angry. Just very angry. Yeah, and, I can tell. Yeah. If customer service was nicer today or just more competent, I would have. Just be glad you aren't customer service. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't. Well, there's that too, but I wouldn't last that long in that position. I feel you. I'm getting yeah. there. I, I, uh, and it's not, it's not necessarily the fault of customer service either. It's, I'm sure there are very bad clients and being customer service, whether you're on a phone or in person would suck equally because you still get to do with idiots, but we're, we're choosing from the same pool of idiots, either the employees as customer service people who don't do what they're fucking told to do. And then the clients that they got to deal with that you know, throws their game off their day off and maybe they can't even get it done. So, <sighs> all right. Um, I don't know about you guys, but let's get to it here. There may not be that many, Asshole consulting requests because speaking of stupid people, I got a slew of high school and college age kids that send me pages in block text. No <laughs> in doubt, block right? text, yes, 
Oh, yes. Is that what you sent me the other morning or was it yesterday? Uh, I'm getting them once every two or three days now. So I don't know which one I sent. But I send all of them to you, Chad, just to anger you. Oh, your I anger, know. Your anger makes me happy. Everybody likes getting that on a Monday when it's cold and rainy outside. <laughs> but a a very close second thing. Probably makes me more angry now with the block text because your anger makes the block text kind of enjoyable now. But we're all, you could just tell, they're like, hey, I'm 17 and I'm thinking about this. And they, then you use paragraphs, which is fine. Uh, but they asked me a bunch of questions. I'm like, okay, that's going to be 60 bucks. And then you never hear from them again. <laughs> and usually I'll send a follow up email. But if they're in high school, I don't even bother because, like all high schoolers, they expect everything to be free. So uh, we got about four of those. And they're really long and probably they're, they're long. And... Yeah, here's one. Oh. Here's one. He has. He th okay. This is one where he wants to know about how women get ugly guys. That's his question. His question is how do women get ugly guys when I'm better looking? Looking. That's essentially his question, and that is a one sentence question with uh, an addendum. And, and I am better looking, that kind of thing. He wrote one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen paragraphs. So hold on. He's basically being a braggart, you know, humble brag, and he's asking you, how do I get the girls? I don't know. Uh, in an indirect way, yes. I don't think he's being a, a braggart. I think he. He's being clinical and actually honest. I mean, one thing that's bad is if you underestimate yourself. You think, oh, I'm just a... But another thing is if you overestimate... Uh, 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 don't estimate yourself accurately. And I think this guy has does, done that because I've seen a picture. Sent you a picture. Okay. He sent me a picture. Yeah, so he's accurate on that. Um, but this is just all over the fucking place. And it's it's this kind it's it's up slipsism solipsism you guys know what that is yeah I do yeah atham is it only I exist I don't know yeah no that's that's exactly yep. what it is all right where where it I used to call it back in the day it was like the video game syndrome mm -hmm. because when you play video games against NPCs not not campaigns but you or online um, with other people but you're not really killing that Nazi because that's that's not a Nazi. That's not a human. That's just a digital graphics. And the only thing that's sentient while playing the video game is you. But a high percentage of the people, I'd say almost most, you could even say all people at some time are guilty of being psilocytic, if that's the correct. Solipsistic? Solipsistic. I don't know. What I, the, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. we, we know what you mean. It's fine. Yeah. And... It's these kids that send in these lengthy emails are totally guilty of that because they have no consideration for the other person's time that's got to read through it. And then when someone delivers them a price, okay, here's the cost of my sentientness and time for reading this. Then you don't hear them again because, oh shit, now I got to work up that money. It's like, yeah, that's the exchange. Do you ever get counter offers? Like they try to negotiate with you? <laughs> yeah. Which, That's so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny about it, though, is they don't get that it's the soup Nazi. You guys, you remember the soup Nazi episode, right? Yeah, Seinfeld. 
Atham, did you watch that? Were you in Mexico in the nineties by that time when Seinfeld was coming out or did you, did you see any of it at all? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Yeah. It, one of the episodes is a soup Nazi and you never question the soup Nazi. You just order your soup, you pay and you stand off to the side. It would be like haggling with the soup Nazi, which would probably get your head cut off. And what people, again, don't realize, everything is time-based. Everything in your life should be time-based. How much of my time is this costing me? And when someone tries to haggle, it does the exact opposite. Now they have to spend more time, which is going to drive up the price more. And I say, no, now your price just went up by five. I'm not doing that because I'm being a dick. I can appreciate like someone wanting to try and haggle. I get it like if we're in a market or a bazaar. And, and I'm buying some some linens in Morocco or something. I don't know. Uh, that that I understand. But right now, this no, my time is my fucking time. And it's I know everyone thinks like Gen Z is gonna be on the up and up and they're gonna they're not gonna save the world. These guys are expecting another free handout. I appreciate the haggling a little bit, but no, it's it's my time. And everybody else has got to be especially had a couple clients where they were going in for interviews. I know I had a lot of interview questions uh, past week. And man, if you got to go in for a third interview or like panel, let alone a fourth or a fifth, and they're fucking around like a week or two in between, fuck that shit. Your time is more valuable. You say, no, you're going to meet me at a bar. We're having drinks. You're either going to give me the fucking offer or not. Yep. But everybody's desperate. Yeah. I haven't done an interview in so long. Like the, I thought the job market was pretty good. Like, you know, most people are employed. Yeah, it is. And especially in the trades or fields that have specialists, the HR ladies have really taken a back seat. Um, Thankfully the HR ladies have also been outsourced. Now people are just going to recruiters and hiring companies uh, who also specialize in like uh, employment law. So, I, I love that trend because now the HR girls are kind of going away there, though they are converting to uh, corporate social responsibility and uh, what's it called? Diversion or diversion, diversity, uh, <laughs> diversion and inclusivity, uh, diversion and uh, diversity and inclusion. Uh, but there's still these elite companies where they they got to have you sit in front of the panel of all the principals or directors of the company. And you it's just a sign that this company is going to fuck you over. You are a chattel to them uh, if they're going to dick around with you like that. And you're, you're not going to – I mean, you're, what it probably happened in the, uh, the big four, I'd imagine, right, Chad? Oh, yeah. The big four will make you jump through like a thousand hoops just to get your foot in the door there. Right, and the, but the interview is multiple interviews, I'd imagine. You talk HR, then the hiring manager, then the team or something like that. Yeah, and it was always a little frustrating because it was, the HR person knew nothing about accounting or tax or anything. So it'd be stupid questions <laughs> like, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? And, you know, what do you feel your biggest strengths are? You know, stuff like that where you can give a bullshit answer. I bet you Atham had to sit through a five-panel interview, two with HR to begin with, to be asked what's his favorite color and why when he was applying for window washing, right? Nope. No? Like, uh, can you show up on time? Yep. Okay. You're hired. <laughs> Those are the – well, I mean, it still is. That's a trade, right? I mean, more yeah. construct. Yeah. Good color. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's almost worth that, man. Like, it depends on the economy and what you majored in. But 
by God, I remember uh, washing windows myself, uh, working security. It's like, I know this guy that's looking for someone who's clean and can show up on time. You show up, they run a background check, if that, not for window washing. Yeah, no. Yeah, and it's boom, here's your job. Uh, yeah. Pay well, get out here out of that way. You, know, you just show up, with, uh, talk to the boss directly, and he's like, okay. You know, start next Monday, whatever. You know. No, no, there's a lot to be said. If it's a low key company and they don't have a budget for HR. Oh, um, so yeah, that's one question I got. That's literally 15 paragraphs. It could be a one sentence question. Uh, I got another one here. <clears throat> I build out at 60 bucks. This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Some of these are questions. 21 paragraphs, some of which are questions, and within it is five questions. And he has not responded, even though I emailed him a price of $60, which is quite charitable. Um, and you could just hear crickets chirping, like, it's going to close. What What do you suppose, uh, not consulting, uh, therapist would cost to unpack uh, all these problems i mean how many hours and how many dollars per hour i know what most therapists make per hour because most of them are you know i have a ton of therapy clients and that's uh 150 dollars really? an hour yeah i somehow got niched into that kind of yeah well, i was just gonna say 150 dollars. i gotta jack up my prices because i'm way better than any therapist see i agree but they went through all the hoops of going to school and getting a social workers credential or something like right yeah yeah it's one of the worst in terms of what you need as far as credentials even though all you do is sit there and listen to people whine well and here's the thing i'll give the psychology profession um some credibility because you look at them and like polio and anthrax and the measles and chicken pox they've eradicated effectively all mental disorders right there's no mental illness in society anymore, right? As we've increased the number of psychologists and therapists and drugs, mental illness has gone down, right? <laughs> People on mental, uh, what are they called? Psychotropic drugs, the legal ones, uh, that has gone down to, we, we've eliminated, right? Polio's gone and mental illness is gone, right? Because we have all these therapists and psychologists now, right? Have I told you about this? I, I'm not sure if we've talked about it. First of all, if there's one stock, if therapist and, you know, mental health profession, there was some kind of stock, I would put everything I have into it as far as investing because they are popping up everywhere, therapists, everywhere. And the other thing I wanted to tell you was that if I was ever thinking of going to therapy, I know way too much about the personal lives and problems of these therapists, so I wouldn't be able to do it. Oh, they're fucked in the head, man. Oh, fucked you wouldn't therapy. believe how fucked in the head they are. At hey, Atham, you ever been to a therapist or no? No. No, I haven't Don't been go. either. No. Yeah. Don't I mean, go. we were like when we were forced to like in school, go talk to the counselor or take this test or whatever, like standardized. But you and then if, if you've ever dated a girl who's majoring in psychology, let alone oh. the few that actually get to fucking their masters or their doctorate, those girls are fucked in the goddamn head. They are fucked fucked in the goddamn head yes they are and that's like that's like talking to a, a prostitute about how to be celibate <laughs> is the complete mental health is the complete opposite of that industry and you're just better talking to some friends 
or uh, going online and binging some videos from some older guys than, than listening to a therapist. But yeah, there's what, what not to, you don't have to specify anyone, but do they, okay. $150 an hour. Do they have their financial act together or do the webcam girls have a better like financial situation? Cause they at least contribute to an IRA or 401k or something. So, I mean, naturally you would expect the therapists to have their act together a little bit more. Okay. But what I'm saying is the camera girls at least listen to me and they do what I'm telling them. And the therapists I notice are either too dumb or too lazy to follow instructions a lot of the time. Not all of them, just a handful of them. Mm. And you know, I, I wish I could tell you more about their situations, but it's not good. No, I just, I find it uh, an interesting insight because kind of like, you know, you could say like doctors, therapists themselves, if they were smarter than the average bearer, accountants, mechanics, along the same line, I don't know if you guys know Fran, he uh, occasionally podcasts with Bernard Chapin, uh, Uber drivers, taxi cab drivers, they see all segments of life. Uh, and I think would have a lot of insight and, and like you being a CPA, you see all walks of life and I'm kind of interested. What is this industry? Like, what is that professional group of people? Like, what is this group of specialists? Like, well, do you mean just in general or from a financial management? No, no, not even financial. Just, I mean, fi the financial represents the personal choices and behaviors they, they choose to pursue. I just think it's very interesting. You know, all right. I guess it's safe for me to say this, as long as I'm not being specific. A lot of my therapists tend to have not only psychological problems, but like addiction to alcohol. And sometimes they pop pills. So that right there, it's not all of them, just a few. But that right there tells me, uh, I don't think I could ever get into that sort of thing if I ever felt like I needed it. You know who you can really only trust in society today in terms of profession? Uh, an asshole consultant? No, window washers. Assholes are just going <laughs> to bitch and whine at you and yell and curse you. The only real, you can only trust window washers. That was the most. What about? They may not make a lot of money, but they have the highest trust rating when it comes to surveys and, and polls. What about cave explorers? Well, well, if you can get that cross section of cave explorers and window washers, I mean, you're talking maybe one or two people in the possible world. I, there can't be can't be more than two people in that world. Well, yeah, we go into people's houses when they're not there and wash their windows, you know. That is Nothing true. has ever gone missing in my company. Well, not that I own the company, but the company where I work at. No. Dude, I remember washing windows and the people who have their – I've never – I've owned two houses now for 20 years. I never washed the exteriors of the – I don't think I washed <laughs> the interiors of the windows. I'm like, I can see the sun still. And like, okay, it's good. So the people that have their windows washed usually – Upper, what would you say, Atham? Certainly 20, I'd say even 10 or 5% of income earners. Oh, yeah. Especially around here in Tahoe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess you got, oh, and you got those super tall windows, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those bay windows. Oh, God. There is a lot more that goes into window washing than you think. Um, you got to get your, like, your, your razor. You got to scrape off everything. Then you got to wash it down. Then you got to squeegee it. Right. And, um, All of this while you're on a ladder, 28 feet, you know. And, <laughs> and if you're in doing the in uh, in uh, interiors and the indoors, mm. you have got to lay down so much carpet and towels so that you don't get a speck mm. of dust on their perfect little house. Because if you yep. do, there's the wife is going to complain. <laughs> right. Yeah, we have tarps we had to put uh, under the ladder, you know, mm -hmm. as to not to drip water on the, on the nice wooden floor. You, know? mm -hmm. you ever have to put on the booties? 
Yes, all the time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What are those? You know, blue booties, they, they go all over your shoes, so they don't you don't get their nice carpet dirty, you know. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Cause a lot of time you're 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 washing both sides of the windows. You wash the inside, you wash the outside. <clears throat> and the inside is okay. Usually you start on the inside and then you do the dirty work outside. But if Bob needs a new bucket and he's gotta come in, whatever, there's some traffic from the outside to the inside, so you always put on booties. Um well uh we we usually uh Usually two people start outside and one starts inside, you know, so we, we do everything at the same time. Why only one on the inside? Does uh, inside go sl uh, faster or something? Uh, yeah, but you also don't want like everybody inside at the same time because it can be a mess. Huh. How, yeah. well, how, do you have a standard size crew or do they increase yeah. or decrease the crew based on the size of the house? We're usually we're three. Okay. Yeah, but we we have two teams. So sometimes if the house is too big, then all six of us work in the in the, in the same house. God, I remember they wouldn't tell us whether the wife of the household was home half the time. <laughs> and so we'd be there and she knew we weren't and then there'd just be this gal walking out in a towel. Uh oh, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and and you'd think like, "Oh man, was she hot?" No. These rich chicks are not hot. It that that never that never happened. You never got the pool boy experience. It was always some truly frumpy woman married to some truly frumpy old. Maybe she was hot in nineteen sixty one, but uh, this is but not anymore. No, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's definitely not. Uh, all right. <clears throat> so I am just going through. Sorry, guys. Let me be thorough. I like to be thorough. I'm just going through all of these. Request. Yeah, here's another one. This was $55. They pay you? No, they haven't. That's the whole point is they, and this is why, again, why I skim and usually just get down to the last paragraph because that's what the questions are. Because then if I got to read through the whole, th I want to save my time as much as possible. I don't read through the request thoroughly. I look at them, I kind of skim a little bit, mm. look for question marks. That's the question. That's the question. That's the question. All right. Now to read through all this detail, here's what it's going to cost you. Um, because at first I'd read through it, even take notes at times, then they wouldn't pay. I'm like, well, there was 15 minutes gone. I'll never get back. Well, is this, is this like, do you have a method for this or is it more just like a gut feel like, oh, this feels like a $60 one or this? Yeah, no, the pricing is, it's interesting. There's, there's, um, a rhyme and a reason a little bit, but it's also a gut feel. Mm -hmm. Um, no, I feel, no, yeah, I do that with my business too. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not billing precisely down to the minute. I'm sure there's some variation in the pricing per hour, uh, when it's effectively all said and done. Uh, but you can, based on the length, also based on the clarity, if a kid, kid, if, if the client writes in a clear, concise, succinct uh, manner, you can, one, it's not going to take five pages. It's going to be two or three paragraphs and they get to the goddamn point. So it's no, it's a, it's a two minute read max on my end. And I've gone through the whole thing and I've not missed a question or a bit of information or detail. So those guys, they're coming in below $35 uh, per video request, below $25 for an email. Uh, but if it's the blathering 16-year-old that has no, no context, like they, get, they got no perception or way to gauge what is relevant and germane and what is pointless and not needed, uh, 
I'm kind of wondering like back in the day or even today, they say, we need people with better communication skills. We need people to write. And back then I'm like, the fuck you don't, you just write this. This is how you write. You write like you're talking, you're done. But now I'm wondering like, yeah, by God, communication skills are kind of probably freaking needed because you got damn kids just write 18 paragraphs when your boss only has the time to read one. Mm. And so I, I, I got a system. <clears throat> I got a way to, to measure it. Do we have time? We got a few super chats. Can we do those just real quick? Yeah, let's bang those out of the way. Uh, I'm almost, give me one second here. Okay. The only reason I'm taking this much time is because I don't think anyone has paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is, uh, hang on, I got one. We'll do the super chats first. Okay, yeah, these are quick. Yeah, let's go ahead and bang those out. Uh, Charles Mack for $2.14 says, Good morning, Aaron and Atham. Where's Elkins? This must have been when I was uh, <laughs> offline for a bit. They got, they got a new show coming out called Nobody Loves Elkins. Yeah, it'd be a reality show, not like a sitcom. Um, okay, the next one is Hang Nick. on, I, got, I just got an idea now. If Hollywood had any desire, they could actually make a sitcom about your life where you'd be this accountant, which you are. You'd have this small little office, which you do. And as per what I was saying, all the interesting people that you see, because you see such a a, a slice of pers- people in life, you see such a slice of society. Uh, you could have all the crazy clients come in and then how you're like this alcoholic that just drinks at night <laughs> because you can't stand your life or your clients. And then there'd be some other hijinks that had like you'd you'd have a a big breasted black girl that has a crush on you, but you're like, no, you're too sweet, you're too nice, you don't want me, and she'd keep showing up with food. And then we'd have something. We'd have some I, I could see it happening. <laughs> well, let's try doing that between January and April next year. Okay. Um, all righty. Nick Schulander for two dollars says, Here's some blood shekels, glad Athens on the show. Yes, we are glad to have Atham on the show. Thank you. We're not even getting questions. These are great. I love I love the questionless money. We don't have to work for it. Well, I know like Bacon must not be here because he's always, you know, throwing them left and right, but not not today. I got an email from a guy who said, uh, hey, so I'm not going to be able to be on the show because he has to work. And, and not necessarily be on the show, but tune in live. He's like, I'm part. He's like apologizing because he couldn't give shekels. I'm like, dude, you don't have to give shekels. And I, I don't know if it was Bacon or some other guy. Um, sounds like Bacon. It yeah. does. Yeah, it almost yeah. sounds like he's compelled uh, to, it's like, which people you don't have to. Uh, but you can find uh, Bacon at the, God, I'm sorry, Bacon Maldito at thegoddamnbacon.com. Yeah. Go to his podcast there. All right, what else? Uh, just one more. Nick again, Nick Schulener for $2 says, Cappy, remind people to review Reconnaissance Man. Oh, okay, yeah. So Nick's doing the his digital marketing magic on that book, Reconnaissance Man. If you have read it, please review it because that helps with the algorithms and the formulae, and that helps sell it more. I don't know. Let's take a look. See how that's selling. See how Nick's work is going. See if this world works. Love it to be. See, because if we can figure, if we can unlock the formula, and Reconnaissance Man goes to like you know, top 500 in sales. And it's like, oh yeah, Nick, by the way, here's a $10,000 budget. Make that shit happen to all my other books. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Let's take a look. 
eh, 397,000th place, still not that good. Yeah, I don't think it's working. Whatever you're doing, Nick, it's not working. I don't think so. <laughs> hey, question for you, just a quick one here. Mm. I notice all the boxes that were normally behind you are no longer there. Does that mean you're pretty much moved out? No. No? Well, I am. Let's, let, me tell you, let me tell you guys about the differences between men and women, because I know you young boys, you're only in your mid-30s, and you've just discovered women, and you have yet to figure them out. <clears throat> men have less shit than women. You know why? Um, because they feel the need to, like, nest a bit more. There's that, but I'm thoroughly convinced women love things and stuff more than they love men. I think women... <laughs> have a true romantic relationship with stuff and things. And if you say, well, you haven't used that thing in two years, maybe you should get rid of it. Then tears practically well up. I'm kidding. This is not my girlfriend, but no, uh, my stuff is all gone. Yes. Of which all those boxes that were there, only three were mine. Uh -huh. <laughs> that was it. Uh, when I take that back, some of it was my tax. I, I had no more. I'd say if we take, furniture out of it uh no more than five or six boxes um but the rest of it was was the gf stuff and there still is now I'll forgive her for this because she cooks for me so and we can't get rid of it yet we got to move that on the last day because she still is going to cook um and plus i have a guy who's taking the all the appliances out of here because the new owner is going to totally renovate this thing. He doesn't want any of the appliances. So we're wow. keeping all of her cooking gear, which accounts for a fair amount. I won't falter on that. Same thing with their sexy shoes. Uh, I'm not going to falter on having uh, shoes like that. Uh, but, yeah, there's still like 90. We're taking the furniture out of it, 90% of the stuff is her. I got my desk right here in front of me. That's about it all that I got to take. What about the stuff in the living room behind you? Is that all gone? Uh, that's those are actually all empty boxes used that we we're reusing now. So we emptied all the stuff in the apartment. We brought empty boxes back so we could throw more stuff into those boxes. So we had to get more boxes. Oh, so your lease is already going in the new. Oh place. yeah, yeah. No, we got oh, nice. Uh, yeah, we had to do a two week. There's a, the uh, the new owner. He's like, when do you want to close? I'm like, I want to close in about a month, so I'm not rushed worrying my ass off about moving in a 24-hour period right so our, our lease started in may one and we've been just nicely gradually moving all the stuff out and so the the actual move date where it's like the bed and all the vital stuff that will be a pretty easy move it's it's not gonna be that hard um but yeah it is kind of nice where i move my my five or six boxes in like oh i'm done I'm going to get a burger. See ya. Bye. <laughs> and she's like, no, you're going to help me carry no, all this. No, stuff. no, I'm going to tell you again about women guys. Everyone was appalled that I charged her rent. I am. I'm deadly serious about this. Women want to be treated as equal. Women want, you really want, I will be truly egalitarian. I will treat you like an equal. I will look, let's say Atham wanted to move in and uh, he's got 90% of the boxes. Are you and me going to help him move 90% of the boxes? 
Uh, well, it depends what he's going to bribe us with, I guess. Yeah, you know, he's got to pay you. It's, it's <laughs> and it's the same thing with. I, I hate. I don't want to make this a story, another podcast about men and women, but it's so true because women are the number one thing in men's lives, and men will just spend inordinate amount of resources, both in terms of money and their time. You guys will go help move your girlfriend or your wife. Hell no, that's your shit. I told you to get rid of this shit. You didn't get rid of this shit. Not my problem. And then everyone's amazed that. There is a benefit to treating women equally and you hold them up to men's standards. You want to know why? Because guess what happens inevitably? Um, do tell. They rise to the standard. I don't, I don't want to uh, bring up her name there, Atham, but your girlfriend, you hold her to standards, right? Oh, yeah. And what does she do? She, she, you don't even have to tell her to cook for you. She just does it, right? Like we've came back to your place a couple times and yep. her and your sister, they immediately go to the kitchen, not because they want to be barefoot and pregnant. They know to make dinner. They got to get this done. I mean, you hold the girls to standards. They'll, they'll live up to it. Yep. She actually gets uh, worried when I said I'm not hungry. Nice. Like, <laughs> Are you okay? Everything okay? Yeah. I'm just not hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> But you sure you don't want some food? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, but that's that's the motherly thing. Mm -hmm. Did you that's, eat? <laughs> yeah, did you eat? Well, no, you're you're 36. I'm 42. My mom, like, do you want some food? No. Are you sure? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I got this. Oh, God. Actually, <laughs> that's what my is, mom does for Aaron. <laughs> the worst is, are you hungry? No. Why? <laughs> fuck if I know. <laughs> fuck if I know. Come on. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just not hungry. You know. Hey, Aaron, uh, when you visit, how many different uh, types of coffee do my does my mom offer you? Oh, I don't know. I, I it's got to be sixteen. I think I remember when she brought out. <laughs> she brings out this briefcase, like, but instead of you know stacks of hundred dollar bills, there's like the little slots for coffee, <laughs> and I think it was four across and four on the side. So I think it was like sixteen types. But you fairly warned me. You said, look. My mom's going to offer you something. Just say yes. And I'm like, okay. But at, see, Atham doesn't have that because he, he lives there with his girlfriend. I don't live at the Elkins household. And you got to you gotta trade. God, it's almost a constant fight where it's like, no, I don't want anything. Yes, I'm fine. Just, just no, leave me alone. <laughs> Everything is okay. Yeah, that's what happens to me. I'm Anyway, I'm just saying if you hold women to standards and like, you know, a lot, of, even this, I'll say, Hey, bring your wallet. You're buying dinner tonight. You know, it's nice. a pain and it's, it's a pain in the ass. Cause you'd like the girls just to do like, Atham's got a great setup. I was just amazed how his girlfriend just immediately started cooking something like, no, we have to eat now. Um, without having to instruct. Uh, but, uh, she comes from a different culture, right? Atham, yeah. we won't, we won't mention where, because she was a different culture. So I think it's mm -hmm. partly that. But with Western and Westernized women, even the ones that are trained in or you held to hold them to standards, you still have to instruct them like, grab this, you know, why, why do it just, please just fucking do what I say. <laughs> 44 for God's sake. I have so little time left. Don't make me ask twice. Just fucking do it. <laughs> and that's what you guys get to look forward to in marriage and girlfriends and all that other stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, well, we got more. You had that look like we got more super chats. There, yeah, right? I was just gonna say there's a couple more here. Um, Joseph Joseph Brown for a dollar ninety nine says enjoying the broadcast as always. 
Good. Thanks, Joe. We haven't had, have we ever had Joseph Brown on? I don't think we've had. I any. don't think so. That doesn't look familiar. It's a new um, and then, so we still don't have any questions because Lewism109, who says he's an anarcho-capitalist, gave us two British pounds. That's good no money. Question. Yeah, that's like, four, what, three, three and a half dollars or something? I think that's not two, two and a half pounds? Uh, no, just two pounds. Two pounds. Yeah, that's like three. Three. Um, yeah, the, the pound <laughs> is one of those few currencies. I'm kind of curious how many currencies in the world are above parity with the U.S. dollar. It's just mm. the pound and maybe the euro. Is the euro more? The euro fluctuates. Um, but no, something that's traditionally been above. Like the pound has usually always been above oh, yeah. par with the U.S. dollar. Yeah. And I'm wondering, I remember long ago when I was a, an analyst, uh, that you get these laughable jokes of countries like the Turkish lira was 26,000 lira to a dollar. It's like, come just revalue your goddamn currency. The Korean won, South Look Korea, not even Zimbabwe. North did you hear about Zimbabwe? Well, yeah, I mean, and inevitably they did. But what about a Swiss franc? Do they still have that? Yeah, yeah they didn't oh, join yeah. the euro. $0.98. There you go. Okay, hang on. Let's say currencies. Above par versus USD. Let's see if there's 10 most expensive currencies. Uh, <clears throat> okay. One US dollar buys one US dollar. Okay. Yeah, so here it is. Here's the top 10. The Swiss franc, 104. Of course, this is a year ago. The euro at the time was above par. The, a Cayman Island dollar. Oh, wow. A Gibraltar pound. Gibraltar. Shocking. Shocking. It's that it's these offshore tax havens with zero corporate and income taxes where all the rich people live have a more valuable currency. Nah. British pound, dollar twenty nine. Jordanian dinar. That's interesting. That's more valuable than a dollar? Yeah. Huh. Uh the Omani Rial. It's probably maybe because of their oil. The Bahraini dinar. The Kuwaiti dinar. Okay, so a lot of oil emirates. Uh have that there uh but yeah so that's uh did he have a question or no 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 he was just giving us two british pounds um we have another question this is for two canadian dollars and i think uh either you or atham will need to answer this one it says if you guys had a threesome who's on top <laughs> uh i guess chad because he'd be the lightest i guess that <laughs> That's my logic. Is Atham, that how you got a different. Well, I, I'm just—it's going to be uncomfortable no matter what. I'm just trying to figure out what would be the the least amount of pain. No, 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 no. We'll take turns. Okay, that's a better idea. <laughs> Remember, it was only two dollars Canadian, so don't spend too much time on that one. Well, yeah. Why couldn't he ask one of the two girls you'd have a threesome with? Why couldn't he have asked that? That would have been so much nicer of a thought in my mind. Now I'm now I'm thinking of you idiots. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, we we'll just say uh, we'll say it doesn't matter. That's our answer. Yeah, it's gonna suck anyway. Yeah. Do we have any real questions? Like, hey, I got a quick important thing. Like, buy this car, buy that car. Anything finance or career well, related? Or well, is like, it... I, we do have a real question. We okay. just got one. It's not first... about gay sex, is it? No, no, no. This all is right. actually a really good one. So first, <laughs> for for two dollars, Young Sykes said, just enjoying the show. Okay. All right. That's nice. But, but then right after that, you remember Joseph Hatchett? You remember that guy? Yeah. He donated 25 and then another 25. Yeah. It was like crazy. Yeah. Very kind. Did you, 
he just donated 20 bucks and he has a question. Jeez, Joe. All right. J- just so yeah. everyone knows, Joe, you don't have to donate unless you're rich. We'll take your money. Fine. But yeah, if you think it's worth it, what is your question? More Joe? than generous, Joe. Yeah. Um, he says, Chad, at what point did you decide to lease a space for your business? And what considerations did you take into account when deciding on a space? That's actually a, a really good question. A legitimate question. Yes. Um, what here's okay. So what is something that you are always talking about when it comes to working? What's like the worst part of, of working me or Atham? Are you asking? Well, you, you, you're always saying it's a waste of life. If you do what rent a place, you don't need to rent. No, it's something that's commute, commute, commute. Exactly. Commute. So for me, I wanted a place that was less than a mile from where I live because I hate commuting. And I live in a decent neighborhood where there's all types of businesses and, and people that need help with their taxes. So that was consideration number one was location. And then I decided to lease the space when, um, okay, how personal do I get here? Cuddle Wickham's? Yeah. I was moving in with the girlfriend <laughs> at the time, right? Hang on, hang but, on. Atham, do you know anything about the story of Cuddle Wickham's? I know that she liked you, right? <laughs> Oh, she loved Clary. She was just like, Chad, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't have to change his name in my phone or anything. So she would, wouldn't know that I was uh, texting or talking to him. Right. <laughs> God, I still miss Eric Corey. He was a great man. Eric Corey. Eric Corey. Yep. At, um, uh, let's, well, the abbreviated version at them is that he was dating a socialist Kuantahaha who was Psycho Bunnies was definitely. And I saw this a mile away. I tried to save Silverman. Somebody didn't listen to me. And then it got so bad that he finally, and this is, this is how, you know, things get bad is when somebody admits that you're right. That's yeah. how bad it was. That's how it usually goes. You try to warn people against something and they don't listen. No. Once they feel the pain, they start listening a little bit more. No. At least that has been my experience. No. Oh That's yeah. Why I charge. No. That's why and the, and the pain comes. Yeah, man, if you ever need an endorsement, you should come to me because I can be like, well, he told me this and that. I didn't listen. And then this and that was the result. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but the problem is I didn't charge you. That's the problem. See, because I can't then use you as a client example. I, 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 I was just a friend. Damn it. That's why I also charge friends. I, I do. Where people are like, what do you think about this? And I've learned to quickly say that'll be like $100. And oh, come on, fuck you. I'm like, no, no, no. You need to suffer pain. Yes. Because you're not going to do it. And I'm not going to waste my time telling you what to do and what not to do. That's a fair point. You do have to get, you have to feel like you're getting something for what you give somebody. So I think you're you're right. You have to pay for it. Otherwise, people won't think it's valuable. One of the few things, I think it was Freud that who said it that's one of the few things i agree with freud on and I, he was one of the original psychologists say there must be pain or a price attached to value i, I don't know some, something like that but anyway so you were <clears throat> you had the uh cuddle Wilkins episode yeah and so well joe was asking um when i decided to lease a space because you know i'd been seeing people at my apartment i'd meet them at starbucks my my business really took off that year. This was a couple years ago and I was moving in with her. So I thought I need a space of my own just, you know, when things get bad and I need to get away. Plus it's like, more professional. I like how you just said when things get bad, like, <laughs> like you knew it was going to get bad and it couldn't just be peaceful and God, you just knew it was going to get bad. I'm moving in with this Nazi and I'm Jewish. I, I know when things get bad, I'm going to need my own place. It's, 
It's like you said, I needed to feel that pain. I just had to. Um, but yeah, that was the time when I scouted out spaces and went ahead and moved in because I, I had the couch in my own living room that I just moved to my office and I had a desk that I moved there. So it made sense. Um, so uh, let's just say I spent a lot of time there when we were living together and not just because it was tax season. <laughs> At them, I, again, I don't want to... Uh... ID your your GF, but it is a lesson learned. She is from a different culture. Have you yep. ever been so pained that you had to leave your apartment? Not really. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've been I've been with the GF for uh gosh, 12, 13 years. I guess we've been living together eight or nine or something like that. And uh yeah, never like, oh, I gotta go sleep on the couch. Again, holding girls to standards. That I really, that's what it is. Like, you don't talk to me that. I've never even had to say that, but it's just, I, I, that's like, I remember my dad would go, like, I think go stay with my uncle or something because it would get so bad. You remember, get there. Do you remember when you and your GF came down? I think it was in November, and you know, you stayed with a certain friend of ours. Do you remember this? Down south? No, no. Well, this was in Chicago. Chicago. Like, you came out, um, you, well, anyway, that. Oh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I remember we stayed. We stayed with a certain friend of yours. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, the side. yes yeah. So I don't know if you remember this. We hung out, you know, basically that the whole time you were here. But I was telling, you know, who like, oh, I'm in my office. I have so much work to do. You know, I'm going to be spending a Saturday night till 1 a.m. there because I have so much work to do. <laughs> Did you put like a mannequin and close the shades, but left the light on and it was attached to a turntable. So it looked like you were in the, in the room kind of like, uh, uh, what was the John Hughes film? Uh, Oh, home alone. Did you pull that stick off home alone? Oh, the guy, you know, running past the window, the little yeah. Michael Jordan thing. Cause I she would have stalked you. I guarantee you she would have stalked you. Well, this was my justification at the time. She made it so clear that she's going to get so pissed off every time I hang out with you. There's absolutely no problems in saying and lying at that point. Yeah. I remember <laughs> you coming to O'Shaughnessy's one time and all, all the gang was there. Hey, Atham, you ever been to Chicago? Nope. Oh, God. We, get, we should do like a meetup with that crew again. Absolutely. Have, have Atham, Atham come up there and spend at least like two days just checking out the north side. It, it, it's worth seeing, and, and you could go back home. Yeah, if you let me know ahead of time, I'll go. Yeah, You can so, sleep on my couch. Perfect. So yeah. we're, <laughs> we're all sitting there, and uh, I God, I'd love to say what we had planned for you because we found out where Cuddle Workrooms worked, and I was going to go <laughs> visit her. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been funny. Oh, God. And let's just say she works uh, – or at least then she worked in some kind of service capacity where I would have to pay her. Yeah. Mm. And then one of Chad's friends would, he says, yeah, you could tell her to fetch you this with her master's and whatever. I won't mention the degree, but it's a worthless degree. And and then serve it to me with your master's degree. And cause she already hated me to begin with. And then he <laughs> says, you should pay her 33% more. I'm like, why should I pay 33% more? He says, and then you could say, and that's to close the wage gap. <laughs> oh, oh. And so Chad was in busy season and here he comes in beleaguered into the bar. And we're like, Hey Chad, what's up? This and that, that and this. And he's like, Oh, Tyra, like, Hey, we got an idea. He, <laughs> he had to lie to her to tell her where she, where he was going. He just wanted to hang out and have a beer with the guys. 
Oh God. Yeah. It was, it was totally worth you getting, uh, getting an apartment or a, an office for your business there. Oh yeah. Uprooting my life for a year. That was totally worth it. Yeah. Um, um but anyway, so yeah, that it was a, a combination of factors that led me to go ahead and get that space. That's about three quarters of a mile from where I live. And it was three quarters of a mile from where I was moving into with her. Um, but I'm happy I did it. Uh, it's way more professional to have an office, but most importantly, Captain here loves it. So that I love it. Everything. No, I, I, uh, I'm kind of torn not to throw my two cents in the, the rental savings. I've never found it. Uh, the rental savings cannot be beat. Uh, I'm kind of in general, I'd be 98% against renting a place, but well, for commercial, you, you mean like an office space, or? like an office space? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, um, because uh, even though, and you've had this, Chad, where it's like, God, I got to get on my own damn house. Usually it's not worth that five to $600 a month for whatever even small office you can get. But I could totally appreciate the um, uh, psychological benefits of just getting the hell out of the house. It's not even like, oh, here's my office so my clients know I'm professional. It's Usually I don't want to meet my clients. I want nothing to do with my clients. For a lot of people, especially if you're a programmer, coding, digital scientist, some kind of person who's not going to run into your clients, it may be worth just getting a, a, an incubator office, which is like a shared community office, uh, you know, with coffee and a secretary just, just to get out. And I do that because it's, it's my slow season right now. So I make a point to go there twice a week. I'll go there twice a week, you know, do whatever work I have. Even I'll just go there and read or something because I have to get out of this apartment. So it's helpful psychologically, like you were saying. Yeah. Plus, you get to bang broads in your in your office too. <laughs> I'm not saying Chad did that. I'm just saying that's a huge upsell. Where... It can happen. <laughs> I, um, I gotta ask them. You ever get lucky doing Windows or no? Or can't you say because you're still in the biz? Yeah, it's not the business. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> when it goes out of business, call us first thing. Yep. Um. We've got one more super chat sitting here. Um, this is another one for Clary or Atham because they're the only ones that I think can answer this. Is this about gay sex again? Or is yes, this, uh, yes. Okay, great. Uh, Ray John, the same guy that asked that question <laughs> earlier for $2, asks, would you bone a good-looking guy who makes $100,000? No. No, $100,000? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think maybe he meant to ask, would you accept $100,000 to bone a good-looking guy? Uh, no, I would not. No, not now. But <laughs> not back, now. No, I, I've had this conversation with guys. We had this. Now, keep in mind, this is going back into the 90s. This is in college. And the question was, would you blow a guy? And then the amount was for how much? And would you blow? I think it was for like a million dollars. And every guy's like, fuck, no, I want that. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. A million dollars? Yeah. I'm I'm sick and tired of starving at 19 years Wait, old. Tax free? Yeah, well, we could no, like a million dollars, tax free. Good point. Tax free, point. of course. So if you sat and thought about it, pretty much every guy going to college right now, pretty much every guy alive today would probably blow a guy for for a million dollars. Because you sit in the think about that. All right, so five minutes of work, I get a million bucks. Shit, fuck yes, I do that. I mean, fine. And then then all the freedom you get. For the rest of your life, like you don't have to work. And so they whittled it down and pretty much every guy agreed. That, okay. For five minutes of work, the market price was $50,000 back as a starving college kid. 
because you didn't have no money. Now it, it, you're talking millions because I really don't need the money anymore. But if you sat and thought about it back when you're in high school, maybe even today, it's like for this degrading amount of work that I don't agree with, would it take, well, it would be what, maybe a hundred thousand in today's money. You probably would take it because it would make, it would free you up of thousands of hours, years of your life down the road. It's just like, all I got to do is climb through this filth. Like the guy did in the, um, what was that horrible movie that everyone says is great? Shaw, Shawshank, Redemption. Shawshank Redemption, the most overrated. Like I hate that's just that is such a dumb movie. I did not like it at all. But oh, all I got to do is crawl through the sewer line and throw up a couple times, and then I'm free for the rest of my life. Fuck yeah, I'd do it absolutely. So no, I would I would not blow a guy simply because he happens to make a hundred thousand because he could just say thanks, see ya, bye, and then that's like wait, where's the money, please? Like no, I would not. So you would get it up front. Uh <laughs> well, no, and it, it wouldn't be a thousand. It had a hundred thousand. Have to be a lot more than that. Oh, I see. They can Venmo it to you or PayPal. Yeah. He's asking the same question. Would you give a blowjob or would you give a blowjob to a guy who made twenty thousand? Because well. I'm not getting paid in either scenario he painted there. <laughs> um, Atham might blow a guy because he makes 100000 I don't know, but I'm no. just going to assume no. <laughs> yeah, he's just going to no. I have a feeling this isn't the last super chat that's going to be a gay question like this. You know, what's going to be funny is over the course of my life, I make $100,000 answering gay super chats. Wouldn't that be ironic? Ultimate irony. <laughs> Step up your game, Ray John. Uh all right, for $1.99, Joe Jones says, wait, Chad tolerated that. I think he's talking about cuddle muffins. Um, Schmoopsie poopies, anything, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I tolerated it. You know, the what's that expression? The strongest prisons are the ones we build on ourselves or something mm -hmm. like that. I probably botched that. But um, yeah, you just have to go through some shit to learn uh, enough about some things and then life goes on every guy i think has this i don't know if you guys listen to the red man group they're going through yeah. their, um they're going through uh their stories and um these are all well i don't mean this as a besmirchment but older men which i mean by that wiser uh and they're all pretty alpha and every one of those guys has got us every guy I almost guarantee you will go through life dating a cuddle Wookums or a Bernie bunnies or a, a boiling cats or a, <laughs> uh, in my case, a psycho bipolar crazy gal from California. Every guy will go through that. Usually it happens when you're younger because you don't know any better. And the behavior is so absurd on their part. You are only logically allowed to conclude. I must have done something wrong. Uh, and so I got to figure out how to fix it. Then a lot of times, a lot of people, guys are cerebral. They're like, I got to figure out this problem. What's wrong with this? When in the reality, it's just, no, <clears throat> she's a psycho bitch. Dump her ass. That's it. There's nothing wrong with you. You didn't do anything wrong. This is how these girls get highs. They're not in it for you. They're in it for the drama and the control and manipulation because they're evil. I don't believe this is why I might disagree with the Red Band group a little bit. They say bipolar is like this actual disorder and kind of like the autism and the uh, Asperger's. I know it exists, but 98% of the cases are people faking it or claiming they got it so they can just be grade A lazy quantahas. Um, so it, but every guy will, there are women out there. They estimated, I think it's like one in 12 
or something like that, but you will find your cuddle wookums. The <laughs> question is, are you going to be a moron like Chad when you get free asshole consult? He says, hey, you should get rid of that crazy girl and not move in with her. Or are you going to go through a year of hell and say, let me ask you this, Chad. What would you have paid going back now? What would you have paid me if you could have followed my advice? What would that have been worth to you? Oh, it's so hard to put a monetary value on that. Um, Jesus. Yeah, so I, I just want to show that I'm not – I undercharge, and the payoffs are huge here. It's like, hey, buy this $10 book so you don't waste 100000 on some worthless degree. My product – I'm basically bragging about the product. My product, if you fucking follow it and, and use it and incorporate it into your life – it will save you thousands of percents, not thousands of dollars, thousands of percents rate of return in your life. You know what I would have done? I would have given you a thousand dollars, just given it to you and said, you know what? If this falls apart and life goes to hell, you can keep that. Uh-huh. And I would have set some kind of time on it, you know, a year, maybe even a couple of years. But I'm like, if I go through this, if I make it without being miserable, you have to give me that money back. Or something like that. So, you know? so all that pain and ag agony was only a thousand bucks, huh? Ah, see, that's why it's so hard to put a value on this. I mean, like, we, we, we don't need an actuarially precise number, just a general number. Oh, like you're talking to an accountant. We we deal God, in, you know. My girlfriend does the same damn thing. She's like, "Well, what about look at it? It's like what? It's like it will be like taxes or something. Like, get off my ass. Well, I'm an accountant. <laughs> like, you're still an annoying accountant. Get off my ass. It, <laughs> We're all annoying. Yeah, that's I know. So great about it's us. your nature. It's it's, but it also serves very well when you're auditing something. Uh, you know looking for mistakes but well i do it that way i guess it's not happening that way then i guess i'm doing it my way but, all right i say you would have paid 25 grand to avoid that year of hell and all the psychological pain i i would estimate at 25 grand 25k uh maybe it's hard to say since i went through it but um yeah i would have paid a significant amount of money to avoid that mistake but the mistake taught me a number of very important things so you can't put a price on that can you no you can't you can just tell people to listen to their buddy aaron that's what that's the lesson you learned right there like, although be like <laughs> you'll know to avoid i mean i guess there is well there's benefit in going through any kind of hellish nightmarish existence but you damn well know I mean, what would be the lessons you learned from that? You don't date a leftist. Yeah. You don't date someone with worthless degree. You don't date someone, I would say, that comes from a rich family that has never made her work for a living. Um, that one, uh, you know, I don't no, want to defend her, but that's not, I wouldn't characterize it as that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's plenty of other things that, you know, we can say, but that's not one of them. That's not one of them. Okay. Yeah. No, but you, you, you now know some red flags. Yes, right? yes, yes. Oh. And I've been always very cognizant of them you know since then so i'll thank Ath you for that atham you ever go through something like that oh yeah <laughs> what? Wait, make it sound like there's a score of was it just one gal or did you go through 20 of them no it was one but i had more than enough with that one how, how many how just, long uh well she's actually my ex-wife oh, oh that's right yeah. okay yep um three years i think oh yeah. <laughs> Whoa. And if you ask me, hey, um, if you had, if you could pay Aaron X amount of money and learn from that, blah blah, I wouldn't do it, because I probably wouldn't have learned anything from, from that. You know, you need to feel the pain to learn. Mm. That's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It is. Yeah. So it was. It was a very, uh, very good lesson. Yeah. And the good thing is, I learned when I was twenty-four. 
You know, I know men that are 40 or 50 in their 50s and they never learn. They're still <laughs> they're still in the same situation. Dude, I got a guy. I think he's on his fourth mail order bride. Oh, and, my God. Dude. And it's just the stereotypical uh, <clears throat> divorced Christian male, no game, relies on his money. And it's just kind of like, did, how did you not learn from the first three, two of which I think brought in kids that they, they failed to mention and they just showed up with a kid on his doorstep. Wow. I, oh yeah. It's horrible. And you know, say 15, 20 years ago, it's like, what do you think of mail order brides? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I see the drawbacks, but I could see where I guess it's more economically efficient. And now I'm like, hell no. And fuck Ukraine, man. I don't care how pretty. Oh, did you see Ukrainian girls? Yeah, I've seen four of them, and I saw what they did to my buddy. And yeah. fuck that shit. Yeah, I say same with Colombian girls. Watch out. Really? Oh yeah. Be huh. careful. I mean, hmm. they're really pretty, but uh, they can be uh, gold diggers for sure. But what? Oh, just yep. Colombia? We? What about Panama or Central America or Peru or Bolivia? All of them. All of them have. All of them can be. But I, I have seen that Colombians tend. To be more like that. And yeah. you guys seeing what's happening with, uh, because socialism is great, by the way, and uh, mm, women, yeah. it socialism is for women. Have you seen the the effects on the prostitution market with all the Venezuelan women trying to go to Colombia and some of them succeeding and yeah. just having to send their money back home? Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, I've seen some news. <laughs> it's Oh, it's depressing and sad. I, I I like, well, you girls probably liked Chavez back in the day when he was running uh, before I just took it over. Uh, but you, you uh, ladies want to vote in socialism. You're going to find out real quick what the number one commodity you got is during an economic crisis. You will find that out. It's yeah. like what Stefan Molyneux says, you know, what a woman can do in hard times, she can always fall on her back. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. That is good. <laughs> Oh, any more super chats? Oh, uh, yes. For two, is that euros? Yeah, two euros. John O'Shea asks, what's the most any of you have spent on a vehicle and do you have a favorite car? Um, I, I can't answer this one. I haven't really done that. You bought a car though once, didn't you? Got stolen or something? Yeah, but I, I bought it from my parents. So it was kind of oh. not a real thing. Athan, what about you? Um, I like Toyotas. Real, are they reliable? Yeah, never break them. Well, they do. Every car does, but uh, they're really good. A particular kind? I mean, there's a lot of Toyota, Camry, Corolla. I'll pick a Corolla, but well, I mean, I live where it snows, so I drive a Highlander. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's your best car ever you bought? Like, it's not, oh, I yeah. had this car in high school that was really awesome? Uh, okay, well, my favorite car ever, I was a eagle amc from 1984 holy shit <laughs> an I, amc I, yeah i love that freaking car man it was so fun to drive <laughs> it was ugly as shit but i really liked it i'll What'd have you, to google that what google did you pay it. for it's that 900 dollars, i think like 10 years ago oh man <laughs> eagle <laughs> amc Hold eagle on. yeah amc 1984 yeah what was it like? Some kind of fuel efficiency sedan or something? No, it was a freaking gas hog, but it was really good in the snow. Is that like a station wagon? Sort yep. of? Oh, yep. I see. Yeah, station Google. wagon. <laughs> well, Google shows it as like a yeah station wagon. <laughs> yeah, those were big ever. back then. Oh. Yeah. 
I think that was the last year AMC was in business before they got bought out by Chrysler. Let's was see. It? Let me see. It was called an Eagle Wagon. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, the most. See, I'm most... a simple man. Huh. Oh, yeah, uh, the most I ever shit. adjusting for inflation. The most I ever bought spent on a car was in college. I was a junior, and I busted my ass off. And without boring too many people about details. I took so many extra classes. I only had a senior semester. I didn't have a senior year and I had all this extra money saved up. Um, and I bought, uh, what was that? A murky Capri uh, convertible. Uh, it was just this sh small little, it was a chick car, but I was too young and stupid to know what a chick car was. <laughs> I was just excited to be the first Clary to ever own a convertible. Cause that was like for rich people. <laughs> and, uh, it was a fun little zip mobile, man. It was a two seater. It just zip around and, uh, and I spent $6,000 on that cash and it had like low miles. It was in pristine condition. So that was good. But my favorite car was my 1989 Cutlass Supreme. I'm sorry, um, Chevy Caprice Classic because it was just this big donk of a boat. It had the most comfortable seats, it had juice and power. And you could fuck a seven foot three woman in the back comfortably. It just <laughs> had so much freaking room and it had one of those. Uh, bench seats up front, not like the bucket seats. Like, so you could have a girl giving you a blow job because there was nothing in the way. Right. We could <laughs> fit like eight people in there almost comfortably. Oh, it was just, it was a wonderful, I only paid 500 bucks for that thing. It was a 1989, uh, what again? Chevy Caprice Classic, the old cop cars from the Chevy mid to late 80s. Caprice Classic. I just want to see pictures of these. Oh, that I, looks cool. Dude, and you want to see something cool? Everybody do this. Look at a pimped out, like boxed uh, 1988, 1989 Chevy Caprice Classic uh, because they are so cool looking now. And I wish I had kept mine in better shape, which I didn't. It was just a cheap car to get around. I didn't know how much I'd like it. Um, did cops ever use these? Because cops it looks like... always used them. Yeah, yeah. that's a standard cop mobile. Yeah, it looks like it from all the police academy movies. It's like they were driving these. What was so sad is they go for so much money now if they're in really good condition. And if you watch one of my favorite movies called Midnight Run, they crash about a hundred of those things. Like they're just getting rid of them left and right. And I was just like, uh... oh yeah, it's pretty cool looking car. Huh. It, looks it like really looks... Harry could could drive this thing. No. It really was the interior. It was just, the, it was a recliner on wheels. It was wonderful. Yeah, you can see it. Mm -hmm. um, All right, any other super chats? Yes. Now, this is going to be a recurring theme, you guys. Um, Ray John for another $2 Canadian. <laughs> As we get the money, I don't care. How many beers for you to make love to a man? Uh, Infinite. Infinite, Infinity. yeah. I would, I, 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 the only way that would happen is I'd get passed out and he'd rape me. That would be the only <laughs> way. Well, you don't drink. Plus, even when you do drink, you don't drink beers. Isn't that right? Well, yeah, but, it, okay, beers or, or rumplements, what's the difference? I mean, inevitably you're going to pass out. The question <laughs> is, would, would I even be conscious to get it up after all those beers or rumplements? I mean, it, he's got to get his questions more clear. I mean, he, he, would you sleep with a man who makes 100000 No. I wouldn't sleep with a man who makes any amount of money. It's how much money am I getting? How many beers? It no, I wouldn't sleep with a guy. There's no amount of drunkenness because you don't get anything. Out of I guess keep it coming with the homosexual questions, Ray John. <laughs> um, for $10.99, Rob Figulski says, 10.99 or here again. 
Shawshank, an overrated movie. What's next? The Godfather? Never saw The Godfather. You never saw that? Never wow, saw wait. it. Yeah. Such a I, classic. It's like Infinity Wars, the end game. I mean, it's a commitment. Isn't it really long? And you can't it's just pretty watch long, yeah. For, you gotta watch like the other two or something. Well, they did make the sequels. One. Yeah. Watch, watch the first one. That's one. the best one, yeah. First one's the best one. All right. Yeah. Oh. Is what it was start, hang on, is that with not Robert De Niro? Um <clears throat> Who's the other Italian actor? Well, you have Marlon Brando. You had uh, James Caan was in it. Uh, Al Pacino. Was Al Pacino. In it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't it where Al Pacino, he's young and he's in Italy, and then they got to bring yeah. him back to the United yeah. States? I've seen bits and pieces. I saw him in there in Italy. I'm like, this is taking fucking forever, and I, I stopped watching. What What was the movie that Marcus never saw? It Was it Die Hard? Die, Die Hard. Oh, so that's going to be like you with the, uh, with the Godfather. But Die Hard is a good movie. <laughs> The Godfather of what I've seen, I've been. I've only seen bits and pieces. It's kind of like this is not. This is not bringing me in. It's Bobby, Bobby, bring Bobby back, Bobby, Bobby, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy. Let me tell you about family and it's Italy and the things and the stuff when you got your family. Little Bibimo, Bibbidi, Bobby, Bobby, Boo. We don't go back <laughs> to the old country. And then somebody gets stabbed. Am I? Am I off? Is that pretty much it? <laughs> um. Well, how about this? Maybe part of the question is, why do you feel Shawshank is an overrated movie? Because I want to know that, too. I don't like dramas, typically. It was too slow. Um, I also don't like people being in prison, so that works on my psychology. I know that's part of the plot, so it's an unfair criticism of the movie. I just don't like movies where someone's in prison or they... Anything try. You lose a limb... You lose a, a daughter, uh, you lose your wife. Um, uh, like Papillon, you guys ever watch Papillon? Nope, I don't think I have either. It's got Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman in it. Older one of one of Dustin Hoffman's original ones. Th- those just two trying- don't seem to go together. I'm sorry, I just those no. two don't go together. Very very different movie, but it, they're just in prison. Um, and and I think they get out, but yeah, I didn't. And then. Timothy Dalton? No, not Timothy Dalton. Who's the actor? Um, He's the main actor. Him or, and um, Morgan Freeman meet up later. Oh, you're talking about Shawshank. Oh, Shawshank. That's, his name is uh, Tim Robbins. He's like that tall dude was married to Susan Sarandon or something. D- Tim Robbins, I hate him because he's a Marxist leftist. Is he? Yeah. Oh, he's a he. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he's a Marxist leftist. And then just the. The narration, but him, Bobby, he found out he could make chess pieces and put them in the window sill one day. Oh, yeah. How are you going to make those chess pieces? Well, man could carve a life. It's like, I'll fucking get to the goddamn point, Jesus Christ. You see, the way I see it, you either get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah, I don't need that. Yeah, so it was, it was uh, and it's not that it was necessarily that bad of a movie. It just everyone th- seems to think it's like this great movie. I'm like, it's no, it's not that good, which makes me hate it more. Well, I mean, did you see it when it came out, though, in the mid 90s or did you see it years later? No, it was, it was years later. I think I saw it like on a uh, DVD or something like that. Oh, OK. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, that me not liking that and not seeing The Godfather is nowhere near the transgression it is that space Marcus has not seen die hard. That, Didn't he finally watch it? No. Yeah, that's right. He yeah. did. 
He fell asleep. <laughs> he fell asleep. Everyone's on like, how do you fall asleep and die hard? Action starts like within two minutes of the <laughs> beginning. He takes the limo right in. He sees his wife. And then the terrorists start shooting people. Where? How did you fall asleep? Huh. Oh, no. uh, we are caught up as far as super chats go. Cool. You guys want to take a pee break or something? I'm going to gargle with some mouthwash, and then uh, we can go on to the asshole consulting. I found one question that's not not paid and isn't an 18-page question from a 12-year-old. Well, it's about yeah. time. Good. All right, let's do that. Oh, I need to go pee you? No, I'm good, man. <laughs> nah, it's all good. Maybe in uh, maybe in 30 minutes, I got my... I got more coffee, sir. Oh, yeah? Do you, are you working today, or are you going to school? I'm going to school later. Um, okay. Well, I don't have to, but it's it's a test review, so I want to I go. When are you done for the semester? In May 15. Can't wait. Oh, it's like a week. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I got finals next week. I'm only taking two subjects right now, though, so it's not too much. Are they both related to your major? Yes. Yeah, calculus 2 and organic chemistry 2. Ooh, I've heard organic chemistry is freaking hard. And yeah, calculus, for that matter. Yeah, organic chemistry is kicking my ass. Well, I mean, I'm passing it, but fuck, it's hard. <laughs> I hear it's actually the worst part of people going into the sciences, like pre-med and what you're doing. Orgo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I actually know a couple people who are now, one of them is a computer science major. The other one I forgot, but they were going for chemical engineering and, and they asked me, so what are you taking now? When I told them organic chemistry too... They told me, oh, that's the reason I, I'm not a chemical engineer. Yeah, it's sort of like, so is it the type of, chlor well, so there's two, right? Organic chemistry one and two. Is that yeah. how they weed people out? I don't know. Um, Probably. I want to say calculus is more like a, you know, they, they weed you out with, with those classes. But um, I, I had to take calculus. To be an accountant, we had to take the calculus courses. But I mean, yeah. I've heard those are not even close to as hard as organic chemistry. But I never I took that one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's just, you know, calculus is easier because it's always the same thing. The rules are always the same. But with organic chemistry, there is like, well, there is this rule, but it doesn't apply in this case. And, you know, generally speaking, this is what happens in this reaction. Unless X, blah, blah, blah there's a lot of nuance. Yeah, it sounds horrible. Hey, yeah, did you I ever mean, take, uh, Aaron, did you ever take organic chemistry? Oh, God, no, no. Um, I took chemistry back in high school. Gen chem, yeah. Yeah, and, it, and I liked it. Um, but, yeah, we'd never mix the bio in with the biochemistry. Um, mm. It was, <clears throat> I liked physics and chemistry, because of the simple formulas, it's like, oh, here's how valence electron configuration works. And then things like with, uh, what is it, isotopes or something, where right. there's one extra electron, but then it has mm. the properties. And so then uh. a bunch of different rules came in that I was like, ah, I didn't, and I lost it there. Yeah, I was kind of lost in that topic as well. You know, that, that was Gen Chem 1, though. Yeah, but yeah. then, um, no, the the advanced stuff, I know it gets a lot more advanced Um once you get into bio or uh, organic chem, and um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't study it. Actually, I did fine in chemistry. I liked it. Yeah, it, that's more math based. You know, you just have to learn the formulas and when to use them, and, and you're fine. Um, but for orgo, it, it's a diff we don't use math at all. Just yeah. learning rules and when to apply them, and and they don't always apply, which is what pisses me off. Did you ever get into like fluid dynamics or thermal dynamics? Uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking that in like a year. 
What is that? What's that? The study? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, how gases and liquids behave, you know, pretty much under pressure and under heat. But crap. does it does it abandon chemistry and the the chemical properties of a of a of an element, or is that's it like more, how do they flow together? That's more. That's yeah. That's more physics. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's more physics. Yeah, yeah. chemical engineering is more physics and chemistry, which I find weird. But yeah, that's the way it is. Well, as long as it pays in the end. Yep, that's what my organic chemistry teacher says. Because uh, he well, obviously he's a chemist, right? His dad is a chemical engineer. And he said that his dad always told him, hey, look, uh, chemists, they make stinky stuff. And chemical engineers, they make money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like implying go for chemical engineering. Now he went for chemistry. And now he says that his dad was right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right, Chad, you might be able to field this one. Uh, Jason writes, hello, Aaron. I hope you've been keeping well. I'm the guy who requested that video you did on Bonds a year ago. It was very helpful. So I was wondering if you could do a similar, though less in-depth video on options and futures. I'm not necessarily going to be investing in either of these, but I would like to know what they are, a little bit about them. Can you please provide, can you please include, although you don't have to limit the video to the following. One, what are they and how do they work? Two, how to make money with them. Three, the risks associated with investing in them. For a little bit about the different types of each, <clears throat> for example, with the bonds video, there were structured notes, strip bonds, et cetera. Uh, please let me know, blah, blah, blah. Thanks, Jason. Chad, you know much about options and futures? God, I got to tell you, I studied this both in undergrad and grad school, but I, I haven't had to really know a whole lot about them because I'm not licensed to give professional advice. Um, but aren't futures where I, I get futures and options mixed up. You buy a stock and you're allowed to cash it out at a, a certain level, you know, regardless of what. No, the no, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah, it's been a while. Um, <clears throat> the only reason I know is because I teach a finance class on investing and all that. And especially in the 90s and the aughts, the dude bro thing to do was, I'm going to become a day trader, trade options and stocks, man. And so I'm going to crush my client's spirits and tell them, no, you ain't, uh, because statistically you're not likely to make money. Um, the way to make money is to learn how to do it a little bit and then teach classes to other dopes on how to do it. That's how you really make money on options and futures trading. Um, but to get, uh, hang on, let's do it this way. The easiest way, I'll, I'm going to explain options and all that. So you understand what the real role was intended. And then I'll explain how you trade them and make money off of them and make sure I didn't miss any other questions. What futures and stock options were originally intended to be and still are is basically insurance against drastic price changes that if the price changed so much, either a manufacturer uh, that had to use these things as inputs uh, would drive up his costs or the person selling it, if it went down too much, like selling raw commodities, sold it. That went down too much. So to limit this risk, what companies would do is buy futures or options uh, from other finance companies uh, on there on the stock market. It originally started with farmers and I think, Chad, the Chicago Board of Options Exchange. Is that still there? Is it the CME? I mean, what, are they all consolidated now? No, they still have a floor here, like the Chicago. It's mostly commodities here, I believe. But yeah, they're still around. A couple of my yeah. clients work there. Yeah, but is, it, there used to be the CME, the CBOE, and the CBOT. 
are they all consolidated to one or because I, I know the I, CME exchange floor is gone. Yeah, I think I don't quote me on this, but I think they are consolidated into one now. I know it's a lot smaller than it used to be. Right. Anyway, back in the day, Chicago would take all the the livestock, the <clears throat> cattle, the sheep, the meat, the lumber, um, what else? The agricultural products, the crops, uh, and it would be traded uh uh on these very Chicago exchanges and what all the farmers and the livestock and the ranchers and, and all those guys are like, wow, I'm investing all this money. I don't know if it's going to be a good crop this year, or a bad crop. So what I can do is essentially buy an option or a futures contract that will guarantee me a certain price for my cattle. So uh, if the price for cattle does drop out, <clears throat> I have an, uh, another contract that will guarantee someone pays me this price. That's essentially what options and futures are. It's an agreement to uh, buy or sell something at a certain uh, price at some point in time in the future. Uh, the only real difference between a future and an option is a future is a hard contract. It is a contract between you and another individual or company that says we have agreed to on this date exchange X number of tons or X number of pounds of cattle for this specific price. An option simply gives the holder of that option the right to buy or sell something at a specific price. They don't have to exercise that option. So let's say I have the option. Well, there's, there's two types, one that gives you a right to sell, one that gives you a right to buy. Let's say I'm a rancher. I got some cattle. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get a price good enough, but there's a finance firm over in Chicago that has options for sale for cattle at $100 uh, a head for cattle or whatever. That's enough for me to profit off of. I go and I buy, say I have a thousand cows. I buy a thousand options. I pay some price per option, two or three dollars per option. So I shell out two to three thousand dollars. It guarantees I, I can sell <clears throat> my hundred cattle. I'm sorry, a thousand cattle for a hundred dollars per head. All of a sudden, the cattle market drops. The price of cattle goes down to thirty. I'm still good because I have this contract that guarantees me a hundred dollars per head. So it really is an insurance product. These uh, futures and options. Now, uh, when it comes, let's go to your questions here. Um, Okay, how you make money on them is you can buy these contract and futures, whether or not you're a farmer, a manufacturer, a producer, or a buyer of these things. Because there's enough liquidity in these markets, you can sell them on the secondary market and on the floor through these exchanges. And what's appealing about futures contracts or options contracts <clears throat> is instead of buying the actual cattle, which you don't want, and on top of it, they're also way more expensive. Remember, an option or a future is either a guaranteed contract or just the right to do something. You don't actually have the cattle. It makes them a lot cheaper. So you see the price of options or futures only, you know, a couple dollars per option. And so, and since it's based on the underlying price of the underlying currency, that makes them go up and down in value a lot more percentage-wise. Uh, so let's say you have the right to... uh buy cattle at a hundred, but then the price goes up to 103. Um, your option now is worth three more dollars 
uh, than it would be. If it drops to 97, now your option is worthless because you wouldn't exercise. You just go buy the cow for $100. But if let's say you bought an option at $3, price is 103. Now it goes up to 105. Well, now the value of that option is $5. Well, you didn't buy the cattle again. You didn't pay $103 for the cattle. You bought the right, which you only paid $3 for. Now it's worth five. That's a 60% rate of return. And so that's why stock, uh, not stock, I'm sorry, options and future trainings, there's derivatives is what this larger group that they all belong to is so popular. It's because, dude, bro, you can make like $66 in a fucking week. And if you follow Slicky Slick Slickerson's Big Dick Suckerama on options trading for just $19.95, that's $1,995. I'll teach you how to make money on cow shit. That's why it's so volatile, That especially if you start then getting leveraging into it. <clears throat> Um, the rates of return are very high, uh, possibly, but then you can also have the same risk going downwards. And I think historically speaking, most option traders or futures traders, uh, derivative traders in general do not make money, except for the pros who are working for finance firms and they're not really necessarily trading as much as they're taking positions and writing the contracts themselves. So how you make money with them is you go take a, a stock options trading course. Uh, not necessarily stock options, any options trading course. And then you could do butterfly spreads and all these different tactics. You get some computer software that'll trade if it goes up this way, trade if it goes down that way. You uh, <clears throat> pay for Slicky Slick Slickerson's uh, patented trading process and technique. Ignore why Slicky Slick is telling you this instead of actually trading options if the money's that profitable. Uh, and then you lose your 1995, you lose your capital investment, and you're like, oh, damn, I should have probably just not invested, like Cappy said, in, in stock options trading. Um, so that's how you don't make money with them. Yeah. Can I jump in with a question? Sure. Um, with futures, didn't farmers used to do that? Like they would pay yeah. you in their crops? Is that something? Or No, that's... Uh, well, they're 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 paying the re guy who's uh, the recipient with the crops in exchange for money. Yes, in that sort of sense, they're paying. Uh, but no, the farmers would use a futures contract to lock down a price. Right, right. That's what I was thinking. It was so, the example they used in school. Yeah, so there'd be like a large uh, restaurant, franchise chain of restaurant, and they need a certain amount of corn or flour. Uh, they would go to one of the options exchange. Uh, issue a contract to buy at a certain price or a futures contract for a certain amount. Right. Farmer Bob would be out there. Hey, I'll buy some of those uh, uh, futures contracts because it'll guarantee my price of flour. And then the large East Coast restaurant franchise has a guaranteed fixed price of flour. So they're happy. They know what their future costs are going to be. And the farmer also knows that he's guaranteed that income. Uh, whenever his corn matures and he grinds it and he brings it to market. Okay, cool. Yeah. Again, it really is an insurance product. And because of its volatile change in pricing, traders and speculators want to get on it. Because, Dude, bro, six figs. Um, but the risk is way too high because of the price volatility, which answers the third question. The risks associated with investing in them, you can lose your money in about an hour. <laughs> you could lose your money in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get a margin call if you're an idiot enough to, to trade on um, on option or on uh, leverage on a margin rather, uh, so I would not do that. <clears throat> and then a little bit of the different types of each for if any, for example, with the bonds video, there was structured no strips. Yeah, there's 
you can have futures and options on any security. And the word security is a bit of a misnomer. Anything that is traded on any kind of market, you can have an options or futures contract written on. Anything that goes up and down in price because uh, uh, producers and manufacturers need it and they want to lock down that price. So it can be steel, any kind of commodity. You know, you're an auto manufacturer, so the price of steel, the price of coal, uh, agricultural products, farmers versus restaurants. Again, we're talking about that. There are lumber for home builders. Home Depot guarantee you they they spend probably hundreds of millions at least, if not billions. Well, <clears throat> the underlying asset is worth billions of lumber, but the actual amount they spend on lumber, I guarantee you, is in the multiple of millions of dollars in terms of the futures contracts and the options contracts. Pretty much anything and then you have your stocks and bonds uh can i jump in with a question yeah, or sure well, isn't this how southwest airlines was able to be more profitable than most of the other airlines because i think they had futures with with oil with gas with fuel yeah could have been anything about that yeah that's what i they were always talking about like in the news yeah i guarantee you fedex has option uh, any transportation company greyhound they have futures on uh fuel or oil um, and then it gets because dopos extinct. Uh, yeah. you get morons then that write futures contracts on futures contracts or options. I'm sorry, options contracts on future contracts. Where it's like, yeah, okay, that <clears throat> you you have fun with just having your risk go to exponential levels. Um, it it really it can get very complicated. And then then you start looking at very complex hedge funds, which would use options contracts on futures contracts because they're trying to arbitrage, but that's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, options and futures can be written on anything. Mm. We could even, if we wanted to, we could monetize or securitize is the more correct term. Um, all of our super chat money into like a share, or we have multiple shares within Aaron Cleary's super chat fund and people could start trading options and futures on that if they wanted to. We should try that. No, we're, we're, <laughs> we're definitely not going to do that. We're just going to take the fucking money. That's, here, here's the only thing I'll ever do in terms of securitization. You know, securitization, Chad? Yeah, I think I. it's yeah. what it sounds like, right? You turn you, something into tradable. You turn something into tradable. The only thing I'll ever do in terms of securitizing any of my future cash flows, if someone comes up to me right now and says, I'll buy you out of all your books and all your uh, super chat money, uh, from here on out into eternity for 20 million after taxes. I'm like, here's, <laughs> here's the copyrights. See you. Bye. It's well, you consult your accountant first and then you, you do that. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I got, I got bought out of my, uh, online finance classes, um, by the I, company. I remember that was impressive, which was great. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, because I, I didn't like teaching it anymore because just answering people's questions. Imagine doing asshole consulting for about like a fourth of the price. Mm. Yeah, it was it was kind of. And then they're like, well, we see you have some online activities. Like, don't even don't even give me this shit. 
The reason I'm the greatest economist in the world, I'm good at finance, is because I speak the truth and I'm not wishy-washy about it. Now, don't you dare handicap me and expect me to deliver at the same time. But I, I just knew it was time to get out. You, so. you don't have to answer this if it's too private, but I want to know, did they give you a lump sum or are they paying you sort of an annuity? No, they, they gave me a lump sum. Okay, yeah. gotcha. And it was, it was take it or we may not, you know, I'm like, fine, I'll take it. Get me the hell out of here. <laughs> okay. It's like winning the lottery almost. <laughs> it kind of was. It, a small lottery, yeah, but it was kind of like winning the lottery. It is really that I didn't have to, every day for 18 years, I had to wake up and answer questions. That's the first thing I did. I'd wake up and answer questions every day. It didn't take that long, but 30 to 45 minutes every day answering questions. And the same ones because it's a different student, but they all have the same questions. And they never read the FAQ. So it'd be at least 30 minutes to 45 minutes every day logging in, answering emails. Mm. It just, yeah. I took I, that course, by the way. Yeah, which one? Um, the, mo the more complicated one, I forgot the name. Oh, stock analysis? Yes. That yeah, one. yeah, that was the good one. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. You, didn't, you didn't need the intro one. The intro one's too intro. But all right. Uh, any super chats? I uh, don't see any more right now. Yeah, I'm kind of kicking around going. Um, just bear with me here. Sent the money, ba da ba, ba da ba. How do I get the girls? God, I wish people would start asking that again so I could charge two hundred fifty dollars. Oh, people like to troll the chat with it in different ways. <laughs> At least it wasn't a gay question. Yeah, I keep waiting for that same uh, <laughs> contribution for us to try to answer things like that. It's nothing like answering homosexual-related questions for two Canadian dollars each time. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. Mm. Is that your... Uh, is this where you... Is this like a study that you have in your place, uh, Atham? Yeah, it's my room. Yeah, I see the weight yeah. set and Yeah, um you know, I I live with my girlfriend, but she has her room and I have mine. Oh, that's great. Like yeah. a study for everybody. That's cool. Yeah. I had well, my I, office. It's <laughs> study for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nice. All right, I, I got my own space. Um before we start, can I we just do a very quick super chat? Yeah. Uh, Charles Mack for $2.37 says, since you asked, here are some super chads. <laughs> no question? No, he just wanted to give some super chads. I, super chads. Yeah. I don't understand why they don't ask a question. Like, this is supposed to be cheap asshole consulting, but we just get, now we know, hey guys, you know what we're experiencing right now? No. What it's like to be a hot young chick. We just get money for doing nothing. Yeah, but we get gay-related questions, too, so it's, you know, all ends of the spectrum. <laughs> oh, right, we get that, too, but I'm just saying, when we get a super chad or a blood shekels, and there's no question, it's just nice. It's, it's just like being a hot chick. <clears throat> and then we complain because we don't... Do you know how much these girls are making, like, on Instagram? I, I know how much some are oh, making, yes. God almighty. I see the paperwork. I, I've <laughs> been doing research for this article I'm writing... Uh, which basically 
argues because women are strong and independent, don't need no man. Every young woman should be focusing on just making as much money from these dopes as possible, be it seeking arrangement or webcamming or whatever, uh, and then go off to college for a STEM degree. And a lot of people are already like, well, isn't that going to hurt their female psychology? And I, no, 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 no. <clears throat> you don't understand. They've already been told by society that there is no social cost or consequence to you living life and well-behaved women rarely make history and, and there's no cost or consequence to any of that. You go and do what you want. Strong, independent woman, fish, bicycle, don't need no man trademark. Uh, so under that premise, as an economist, I just apply my very linear, uh, amoral, not immoral, amoral, uh, logic to it and say, well, then here's your most clear and direct route to financial success. And there is no way anyone is going to be able to make an economic argument against it because the amount of money women make via or can make via the internet, even if you're an okay looking girl, you're just a six. It is amazing. I mean, you, the average, the average on uh, webcamming. And keep in mind, there are some average looking girls on webcamming. They're not all gorgeous tens and nines. The average makes around 50,000 a year. And the ones I have make uh, just about, or yeah, they've surpassed six figures gross. Yeah, yeah. So Holy if, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, so you Well, ahead. they're hotter than sixes, I was going to say. Right, right. Which which makes my argument, all right, is your time better spent spending two or three hours in the gym, or is your time better spent spending an entire semester in a women's studies class? You know, which one's going to make you more money? You can still go get the women's studies degree. I'm not saying don't go get your women's studies degree. Just make your freaking quarter million now. <laughs> you should yeah. get your house now, man. <laughs> you go become a prof- look. Stay hot now. Go shake your boobies in front of a webcam. Make your quarter million. Buy your house, or maybe make three hundred fifty thousand. Buy your house. Have a hundred thousand dollars as a war chest for your doctorate in women's studies. Then go get a doctorate in women's studies, and you can get. Fat and disgusting and tatted up and pierced as much as you want, rail against the patriarchy. But in the meantime, now maybe maybe plot a couple wells and mine some of this free oil out of the ground. This is why, as much as you want to think and maybe say bad things about them, I can't. I think they're smart. They're taking my advice and they're saving. They're making their quarterly tax payments. What's there to complain about? I'm not, I've never complained about webcam girls or uh, prostitutes or the seeking arrangement types. I, I'm very libertarian, very economic. I think it's absolute economic savviness on their part. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's a wise uh, financial choice. The only, only concern I would have is the psychological ramifications of usually it was stripping. Back in the day, it was stripping or being a prostitute. Uh, but I think a lot of that came from the environments you were going in, being up close and personal with these guys. Now, with webcamming and what, you're not even, you're in your room. You're just, you're in your room. What? It's like, well, go. I. It's just they, they don't want to hit the gym. That's really what it boils down to. They don't want to hit the gym. <laughs> All um, right. Any more super chats? Or I gotta, Yeah, we're caught up. Okay, good. Uh, this one we could sink our teeth into. Hey, Aaron, I've been following advice like yours for a few years now. My life has changed dramatically. However, I find myself in a strange position. And I'm unsure how to feel about my life. And I was wondering if you can offer some perspective. I'm a 22-year-old child of illegal immigrants who has managed to lift himself off a low-income and mildly dysfunctional household. I have, the, I have a hard time believing that 
because if you are the child of an illegal immigrant, it doesn't matter. You made it across the mythical line in the desert to magical dirt. And so you can't possibly come from a dysfunctional household because it's just coming across this line makes everything better because that's, that's what it is. So, uh, I don't know that your family had anything to do with your dysfunctional household. That just can't possibly it be it because your problems all go away when you come to the United States, right? Atham, no problems, right? When you moved here, no problems. Everything goes away. Yep. Everything goes away. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I dropped out of college after one year, taught myself copywriting and started doing freelance work when I was 19. Since then, I've worked with dozens of clients. I eventually got hired by a writing company in a state and began working remote writing uh, sales pages from my laptop. On top of that, I recently got a job working at a concierge in a building in Manhattan. The job pays $25 an hour plus full insurance coverage. And since I'm working the overnight shift, I'm able to complete all my work for the aforementioned writing company while I'm sitting at the front desk. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. In total, all right, this guy's 22 years old. In total, I make about 80000 a year before taxes and live a minimalist lifestyle in a studio apartment in New Jersey. In some ways, I feel proud of my current situation. However, I notice some feelings of inadequacy due to not having a degree or a more prestigious job. <sighs> I catch myself wondering how pathetic it would be if this is all I do for the rest of my life. Chad, how pathetic is it making $80,000 a year at the age of 22? puts you in um considering your age and that puts you into the top 10 percent of my clients in terms of how well you're doing per year right atham did you make uh, eighty thousand dollars when you were 22 hell no yeah <laughs> shit <laughs> i don't i don't think i know i didn't even make half that when i was 22 let alone working remotely pulling a gig that pays for my health insurance i was working as a security guard i think making 890 an hour I made 30, my salary was $35,000 a year when I came out of undergrad when I was 22. God almighty. Yeah. This is another one of those requests where I didn't go to college and all I did was become a mechanic at my dad's shop. And now all I do is fix cars and I'm sitting on $50,000 and I have no debt. And (laughs) now all I can do is fix cars. And now all my friends are graduating and, and all I got is this $50,000 and make $30 an hour. And I feel hey, like a loser. Just send him that meme. I think you even posted it one time where it showed it's like, uh, Susie went to college. Susie got a worthless degree. Susie has $150,000 in debt. Susie thinks she's better than Brad, who didn't go to college, went to trade school and clears $100,000 and has zero debt. You remember that one? Yeah. And the last thing is, Brad doesn't give a shit about Susie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just send this guy that meme. Here's the problem, and I'm starting to accept this. Um, not everybody may be <clears throat> as independent-minded as me. And if you consider the totality and the intensity and the longevity, just how long the propaganda has been drilled, into young people today that you have to go to college and you are nobody without a college degree and education, education. I can see where something that is plain as day to me has a clear right answer, but they don't believe that clear right answer. And so I can see where our client um, 
thinks he might be a loser because everybody for his entire life, especially in the minority community, they, they make it seem like you come to the United States, well, everything's going to be okay. But the key to success is education. And yeah, education in the right thing. But why do you go to school for an education? Well, gentlemen, we are, we are economists. Atham is actually quite well-read in economics. Why do you get an education? To get more money. Chad, do you concur? I absolutely concur. You, I mean, Chad, wait, it's to live the college life, to be around people my own age, to party all the time and so those pesky classes get in the way and then try to stay an extra year as a victory lap. Chad, is doing accounting or taxes fun and rewarding? <sighs> Financially, yes. No, 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 no. Are you happy during tax season? No, I'm fucking miserable during tax season. <laughs> Atham, uh, do you like studying organic chemistry? Fuck no. Do, you don't have an <laughs> erection the entire time you're studying organic chemistry? No. Do you think Sadly. it's going to be zippity doo zippity day, and redheads with big tits once you get your chemical, uh, your, uh, chemical engineering job? Nope, it's going to be boring work in front of a desk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome but, to my world. Mm-hmm. So no matter what degree you get, it's going to be boring, sucky work. And gosh, Atham, are you are you even going to make 80 grand a year? with uh, What's entry level for a chemical engineer? Like 60 maybe? Uh, I think it was almost 70K. Okay, so this, this kid has doubled what I made, even adjusting for inflation. More than double what Chad made. And even oh, yeah. with Atham going to school for a chemical engineering degree is still going to have 14, 15% more yep. than what Atham makes. And the only reason, as evidenced by the poll I just took, that was highly scientific, 100% of the respondents said they didn't expect to have an exciting job. It's not for the prestige that we go work in these fields. It's for the money. Yep. That's it. There's nothing but money. There is something going on with the uh, Hispanic community. You know, um, they are they expect you to get a degree because that's status symbol. I see. Yeah, I see it here too. Um, I have a friend of mine. He he makes pretty decent money. Maybe not eighty k, but and he doesn't have a degree. He's younger than me, and he always gets that. You know, people that have degrees they uh, look down on him because he doesn't have one. But they're making fifteen dollars an hour. You know, he's he's making way more than that. Yeah, and, and they're yeah. corrupt it's in debt. I Yes, yes. That's yeah. true. And soon the day's coming, everyone's gonna have a degree. I don't know. You guys see that Phoenix uh, edu? Oh, that the online school, University that, of Phoenix? Yeah, they had a commercial where practically every disadvantaged group, and I don't mean oh you're you got a different skin color, but you might actually be mentally retarded. <laughs> you do not have the they're they are trying to get everybody to have a college degree. And I know it's a cartoon, but you guys ever see the Incredibles? The first one? Yeah, a while uh, back I saw yeah, that. Yeah, it's been a while. Greatest quote out of that. And when everybody is a super, no one will be. Because right. the, I don't know if you remember, he, he, he wasn't a super. He didn't have the skills and the talent. So he created technology that allowed him to become a superhero. And then he was going to sell that technology to other people. So when everybody's special, no one will be. Same thing with a college degree. There is nothing, God almighty, especially now with the shitberg degrees people are offering. Your your college degree unto itself has no value. Well, I have what a you question do with for it, you. Yes. Have you always 
I mean, since I've known you, you were, you never really cared what other people thought, which is great. It's one of the secrets to life, I think. But were you always this way or, or did it come over time as you aged? Not no, caring I, about. I was a huge nerd back in school. And when I realized, I, I mean, I became a misanthrope probably about the age of 12 or 13. When <laughs> I realized, oh, no, I'm, I'm not even joking. Again, again <laughs> Aaron, what make you happiest? Killing all the assholes in the world, up close and personal, not joking, without legal consequence and all that. Um, <clears throat> when I saw just how petty, fake, this is in the 80s where if you didn't have the right clothes, you'd get sh- you get shit on at best. You get in physical fights otherwise. If the clicks, again, it may be a little bit different now. But when I saw that, uh, I think once puberty hits, everyone's got to, I don't know, puff their chest. You could say the same thing like grills or weaves within the black community. Atham, you're talking about how uh, a lot of the Latinos, the men, they got to buy a big ass truck. Oh, yeah. Their houses. yeah. I sent you pictures. Yeah. yeah. You sent me pictures. When I realized, oh, and by the way, they're not, they're not only going to <clears throat> think they're better than you for having this type of clothes or this type of truck. They're going to pick on you and sometimes they're going to fight you. I learned to one, hate most people. And then two, never to give a shit about what they thought. Uh, and it wasn't until, oh, probably about college where all of a sudden I started seeing things happening, piecing it together. Where I'm like, these people are on the path to ruin. And especially now, you know, it's kind of the sad thing, but you almost have to do wait until you're in your 30s, definitely your 40s, to see all these assholes get what they deserve. Because for the, especially when you're a child, they're on their parents' dime. All right. Then when they are in college, they're still they're on the government's dime through student loans They're on student loan dime in their 20s and 30s. They're on either a credit card dime. Maybe their parents are still paying them out. They're not paying back the student loans. And it's not until the 40s or recession hits. Does it all fall apart? They're no longer getting money for student loans. They got their master's degree. Then it's the first time they've ever faced life without a shield of other people's money either borrowed or given to them by the parents or the government. And that's when you really start to see uh, the payoff uh, is about this age. Because now, as far as I know, it's just me and DT. They're the only people that have a house paid off. We're the only ones I know within my age group. Everybody else I know uh, is in debt. They have a mortgage. Some are financially okay, but I don't know anyone that even comes close to us. But by God, I still got people who still have student loans. And you know what? You're no longer sexy. It's not funny anymore. The party days are over. It doesn't matter where you're going to the hottest nightclub, wearing the coolest clothes, and with the rightest people, or with the coolest car. People wake the fuck up because they can't keep that game up. Your parents finally inevitably cut you off. If not, they die, and they didn't give you an inheritance because they were just as fucktarded with you guys as you guys are with your with your financial mismanagement. So it does pay off and it does <clears throat> vindicate in the end that you are right the entire time and that you shouldn't give a shit what other people think. Because the, pe- the percentage of people that actually are successful, I don't just mean financially, but I mean in other capacities in life, are the ones who do not look at what's popular, but look at what's real and have the bravery to accept what te- life is telling, what the truth tells them, and to put forth the work ethic to live in that reality. And it's such a small percentage. It, it's but you got to like the client, you got to ignore the brainwashing and the conditioning. Well, that's all I think he 
wanted to know is how do I stop worrying about what other people think? Even if he didn't ask it, I think it's a good thing to talk about. So I think you're on mute, dude. Yeah, he is. You're muted, dude. Sorry about that. This mouse isn't working that well. Um, we got more. We got more to to read through here. So let me, I'm just saying that's the nub of his question. Um, and this idea of prestige or a prestigious job, dude, you make 80 grand a year. You're also going to find out that shutting up about how much money you make is a very wise thing indeed. All right. Like if I ever made millions of dollars, I wouldn't tell anybody uh, because then you don't know who your friends are. Right now, one of the benefits of your friends are people, oh, he just works as a doorman. Oh, he just does some writing thing. Dude, I wouldn't tell anybody how much money you make. I would keep that so on the download to find out who your real friends are. And because uh, once you say you make that much money, now you got to worry about chicks and coming after you for ulterior motives. But you just be proud of yourself and understand everybody else is fucking wrong here. Everybody. Um. I catch myself wondering how pathetic it would be if this is all I do for the rest of my life. What, make in the top 10% of people's money, retire early, go golfing, ride motorcycles? Yeah, that'd be horrible, man. <laughs> About girls being dissatisfied with me for not having a degree and not having a more admirable career. All right, guys, we have to address the truth on this one. Do you think women will look down on him and be less likely to date him because he doesn't have a sexy career? I mean- Not the they, right ones. Yeah, the shallow ones would, yeah. but it's like, that's how you weed them out. Right. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to him here either. Uh, the percentage of shallow women at the age of 22 around his age would be approximately what percent? 99.9%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's your problem, pal. They're not going to grow up until they're about 30. So, but Atham said it right. It will not deter the right one. So you could tell women what you do. Don't tell them what you make. And the right girl is going to appreciate you for you. Which is only 1% of the population right now, what we estimate. Less. Yeah. yeah you, it, you actually want them to think you're not worthy because of your job or whatever. You want them to think that. You know. yeah. Good. They're, they're not the right ones. Let them go away. Yeah. And, dude, trust you, me. And, again, Chad will testify to this. All of these high-flying guys like who live off their dad's money and they got the sexy job like, oh, I'm an analyst, or I'm an investment banker, or I'm this, or I'm that, or I'm a salesman, or I make six figs. And then they show and flash their cash. Those guys got jack fucking all shit for money. They're not rich. They have no money. They got a ton of debt. And those girls will find that out when they marry him, if they marry him, and find out that he can't even qualify for a mortgage. Uh, so, again, you're doing the long game here. You're going for when you're in your 30s and your 40s. Uh, but yeah, the, the girls are not going to enjoy your, most of them are not going to want to date you simply because you don't have a sexy job. Uh, but again, you're not playing for the here and now you're playing long-term. And if a good one happens to come along the way that doesn't care and still likes you, perfect. Perfect. Um, there's well research. Said. Huh? I said, well said. Yeah. There's research on the importance women place on men's educational attainment, their status in their career. In fact, I've already experienced a couple of girls becoming disappointed when they hear I didn't finish school and work a blue collar job. Hey, you know what I would say? Because he's not half wrong about um, the prestige of a job. Although I guess if your circles run together, um, I would just tell girls you have a degree and make it sound like it's in something stupid, something like a hobby, like history. I don't know. I wouldn't uh, do that. You wouldn't? Nah. I I'm pretty straightforward with women, you know. Um even my, my, my girlfriend, you know, she one time she asked me, So when you, you become an engineer, you're gonna buy me a new car? 
what do you think i said I said no buy your yeah. own car I, no i told her if you're if you're with me because of that then you're dating the wrong guy go find someone else yeah. go do it right now she's like no 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 no. i was just kidding good <laughs> no I'm just, I'm just saying to help this guy get his dick wet because i don't think he's ready to get married right now right um and he's not going to find a girl unless he's really lucky so i'm thinking if he wants to fib a little bit on his dating profile go ahead i don't think it's vital but uh he is right there's research. Uh, what do you think about this? Should I ignore all these worries and continue transversing this seemingly practical alternative to getting a worthless degree and racking up debt? Absolutely. What can I do about these feelings of inadequacy? Stop it. Yeah. Knock it off. You're not inadequate. You're superior. I'm not saying that because you're a client or make you feel better. I'm saying because you are superior. Chad just said, what was it? Top 10%? Uh, of my clients, 80,000. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What about for 22-year-olds? Shit, he'd probably be in the top 1% for somebody that young making that kind of money. And that includes the camera girls. So Yeah, and I would also say, given your background, that you didn't necessarily come from wealth. You did this all your own. You know, you didn't. your dad's name isn't Chadius McFaddius III. For people who had no help from their parents, I would say you are definitely in the top 1%. And you should be absolutely proud. Um. And I don't know if our speech couldn't convince you to to see that and to feel better about yourself than nothing is. Uh, additionally, I decided at the age of 17 that I'd focus on making as much money as possible. I'll transform myself into something more. This may have been wise, but I ultimately lost all my friends in social life. Well, yeah, 17 year olds are about doing dope, getting uh, uh, drinking underage, getting laid and being dumb. They, they're not about being mature. You will lose most of your, and you were going to lose most of your friends in high school anyway. You guys even hang out with any of your high school friends? No. No. Yeah, I don't know. As of now, I have one friend who I text occasionally, but other than that, I'm completely alone. I can make small talk with people, but never meet anyone who's interested in science, philosophy, or literature as I am. I've given up on initiating conversations on these topics because they usually result in blank stares. You're going to have to go older or go on the internet. Yeah, you're there's not, meetups that do that. Yeah, especially if you're in New York, you got to have some pretty badass meetups that are pretty well attended. Uh, but you're going to be hanging out with thirty somethings and forty somethings, not twenty. Yep. Dude, I can't, I can't explain how dumb and clueless twenty-two year olds are. That's the last group of people I'd want to hang out with, and that's the last group of people I expect to find some kind of intellectual uh, strength out of. I agree. The ones I, the few. Clients in their early 20s that I have, yeah, it's it's very difficult to have an, a conversation with them. Uh, similarly, I'm trying to meet girls on dating apps, but if we have anything in common at all, it's just mutual sexual attraction. Not a bad thing. And the problem with that is... <laughs> He's got to do the... He, you know what he needs? He needs a rich cougar, like a gal who lives on the Upper East Side and divorced her investment banking husband and at 32 has $8.7 million. That's what he needs. He needs to be a boy toy in this meantime. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I'm usually disappointed with the fact that most girls in my age range have managed to fuck up every aspect of life that matters. Yeah. Financial, psychological, physical, et cetera. I know at 22. Oh yeah. Dude. Have yeah. you seen most 22 year old girls? I know there's a, a, you know, a fat problem, but I didn't know all those things. You keep your eyes open for the fat ones. Instead of letting your eyes gravitate naturally towards what it wants to see, which is typically sveltness, youth, and beauty, you look at every woman out there, every guy too, 
and you will be appalled, if not depressed, as the percentage of fat people there. I mean, go go to your local bar, go to Wrigleyville, go to a Sox game or not Sox, uh, Cubs game. Cubs. <laughs> go to a Cubs game. Look at the people at the bar and realize, holy fuck, this is America, and then you will be very sad and depressed. A lot of very overweight women and men, everybody. Um, yeah, I know you'll say this is merely an inevitable consequence of me being intelligent, but I'm hesitant to accept this because it's clearly the most self-serving explanation. Take an IQ test, man. Find out. You know how I can tell you smart guys? Is he writing well? Using paragraphs. Ah, uh, there you go. Yep. If you use paragraphs, your IQ is at minimum 150. That's, uh, the thought that I'm defective continually pops up in my mind along with the idea that I'm just too smart trope is mere com comfort rationalization. Also, my non-existent social life elicits feelings <clears throat> of inadequacy and embarrassment too. Let me find a video you're going to watch. Because this precisely, I was there at the age of 22 as well. I was there until I was about 30. The most difficult question I had to answer in life, Aaron Clary. This, this is one of yours? One of mine. The toughest, the toughest life question Cappy had to answer. This is probably one of the most important videos you can watch for the client, anyone else listening. Uh, and the reason why is you are right. <laughs> the most logical conclusion that if life is going bad for you, it is almost a statistical guarantee that you are the one that has something wrong. You're not working out. You're not tall. Um, you're not trying hard enough. You're not working hard enough. Uh, but here's the problem. So much lies and propaganda go into so many different aspects of life now that in many instances, society is wrong. And it takes a Herculean mind to uh, exhaust all the other possible reasons for your problems that originate from yourself and start asking the very bold, the very arrogant, the very brave question, what if it's something wrong with society? Now, here's where I'm going to pat uh, myself on the back and say I had it tougher than you because we walked uphill both ways. Hmm. We didn't have the internet to highlight all the fucking problems that were wrong. Genuine, real problems. All this propaganda. We didn't know about the education bubble. We didn't know why women were acting like grade A Kuanta ha-has and hating our guts. We didn't know why being a nice guy didn't get us in. We didn't know why women did this. We didn't know why a career didn't do that. Now you have the internet. Now you have all these guys across the world now comparing notes and telling you, no, this is happening here. And on top of it, you have people like the red pill community that is predominantly about women, but it transcends or goes across different aspects in life, career, education, stuff like that, giving you explanations as to why it's worked that way. And then when you look at the trillions of dollars spent over the decades of time with the trillions of hours that people have spent in school watching TV and getting indoctrinated, it is plain as day as fuck as to the fact that it is not you that has the problem, but it is other people. It is society. I mean, are you the one asking to get bailed out of your student loans, or is it an entire generation of millennial fucktardos that want to be bailed out to a trillion dollars? Are you the one who's majoring in idiot stuff, or is it the, uh, now we got to say around 120, 130 million millennial girls that want to be bailed out of their dumbass degrees, but still want some kind of magical career to be made for them?
You are right. They are wrong. The harder thing now that you have to do is to accept the consequences of that because you don't control society and you're not going to change it, which is, means you're just going to have to suffer. Atham was right. Chad was right. It's less than 1% chance you're going to find a really quality girl at your age. You're just not going to find that girl. So don't live your life like that. Now going forward, what are you going to do? Yes, you've been programmed and indo- not indoctrinated. I mean, genetically, you've been programmed to become a man, work hard, make money, be successful. You've done all those things at a very young age. Oh, now where's the payoff with the wife and kids? There is none. If anything, it's a danger now getting married <laughs> and a huge legal and financial risk to bring kids into it. And it may take days. It's going to certainly take hundreds of hours, but I strongly recommend you start binging on Stefan Molyneux, the Red Man Group, Rich Cooper, Terrence Pop. Uh, guys, who else? Help me out here. There's others. Uh, I like Tom Woods. Tom Woods, yeah. Economics, really good there. I was going to say Tom Likas, but I don't know. He's a little bit old now. Well, if you could find his uh, MP3s. Yeah, he's all over YouTube. Actually, all over YouTube. Yeah, you can get it there. Uh, watch those guys. Listen to go- those guys. And it will become much clearer as to where you go in life, what the battlefield looks like. But yeah, this, uh, and you're starting to sound this, oh, I'm feeling inadequate, embarrassed. And yeah, stop being a pussy. Stop having a bit of fucking confidence. Go work out. Go be a man. Go enjoy life. Just lower your expectations into the reality of what life is, go- is capable of delivering right now. Uh, and then he asks, is this just the way life is? Yes. Please give me your thoughts <laughs> on my situation and forgive me for being too long-winded or incoherent. Uh, Did you, you guys also- ever watch uh, The Professional? The, the French guy? Yeah. Yeah. The- yeah. I-, I always remember this, uh, this part where, you know, Natalie Portman, when she was a kid, She's mm-hmm. being abused by her dad and, and stuff. And, and then the main guy is about to enter his apartment and she's like sitting outside smoking a cigarette and she's, I think she's bleeding. Um, and he realizes that and, and he's like, Hey, what's wrong? And she's like, is life, is life always this hard or, or just when you're a kid? And he's like, always this hard. Yeah. It's always this hard, man. I got a guy. I don't know if he paid yet or not, uh, but he had some kind of, Man, like my job is it? It's not that my job sucked. It, his job does suck, but he had this. I'm like, God, you've even I wasn't that delusional at this age. Uh, what we got super chats wise? We, we uh, guess who has entered the fray of our listening audience? Not our good friend Bacon Maldito. Bacon is back and he's yeah. given us three separate super chats. All right, Especially cool. Three. Uh, so the first, the first one is for two dollars and twenty three cents. He goes, "Women are shallow. Color me shocked." <laughs> I'm kind of curious about Bacon's background um, because of his podcasting, and I don't think he's got to be our age. He's not a young guy. Early thirties, he told Early us. Early thirties, he tell us. Yeah. Okay, and I, I'm going to bet he's dated a fair amount of gals. I'd be real curious. We should probably have him on one of these days. Should you guys should do a, a podcast together because he's got his own we'll do a bacon off, yeah, yeah. All right, what is the other two super chats for ten dollars and 99 cents? Oh, um, is this our 1099? The 1099 Ranger? This is actually this is bacon, so I think he gave it as a tribute to 1099s, even if he didn't. I'm going to pretend like that since I think it's cool. And he says, quote, You don't have to self censor, you don't have to pretend you're something that you're not. 
that freedom will either attract people or it will anger them. It will do nothing in between. And he says it's a quote on his wall for the guy that wrote that, the asshole consulting right, right. question. Good, yeah. Good. Um, all right. This last one's going to be very difficult because it's all block text. Um, <laughs> it's about being gay and how much money or how much beer or how much booze or something like that. That would be easier than this. So there's no, so Bacon wrote, a sentence, but there's no spaces in between the literal words. Right. So it's for $5.56. He says, Athab told me if I run him on Bitcoin, could get him them bah, to get the six figs and don't sing Chad to karaoke town. He sports rock, so I could go to the sports ball game to impress the girls. I should write a book called How to Get the Girls. That was a lot more difficult than the one he did the other day. <laughs> uh, well, as always, you know, you get the girls by being very nice, making a lot of money. But Just be yourself. Be yourself. And, <laughs> and whatever, you go buy it for her. Even if you have to go into debt that you can't afford, you go in and you buy it. And the real way you should uh, get a girl, how you get to girls, is you pay off her student loan debts. Yes. Why don't I you should, man up? I should do a spoof where I try to, because my listening audience would know. Uh, but if I did an argument, like I totally trolled it, and I did it on a different, maybe if I did it on the older brother channel <clears throat> and rumor just got around with my own crew that I was going to totally fake it and do a sincere as possible video imploring men to pay off women's student loans. <laughs> like, men, you got to man up and just like come up with the most fallacious, flawed economic theory and logic to get, and then see how many women would just Matt hussy me up. And start following me until they found the real stuff I was doing. But I'm afraid there'd be a, such a backlash. But, um, no such thing as bad publicity. I know. I know. But it'd be funny. All right. Any more Super Chats? That was it. Uh, so, Bacon, thank you. Thank you, Bacon. How much time you guys got? I got another one here. Uh, go I'm for good it. for another half hour or so. Okay, okay. Let's go. Yeah? Yeah. You're good? All right. Hey, Mr. Claire, I'm writing you because I value your opinion and <clears throat> would like your approval, disapproval on my current lifestyle and plans. I'm 27, live by myself and work for the state of a staff auditor. I've also paid off all my student loans. Awesome. Earning a certified fraud examiner license. Yes, nice. I have savings, 4,000 K as of now and an IRA and 401k going. I pretty much just read books, go to the gym and meet girls every now and then as far as my personal life goes. But this being an adult thing is unthrilling. Oh, this is the one. Hey, guys, did you know being an adult is not 100% constantly thrilling? What? That's not what the movies taught me. I I'm still waiting for my harem of big-breasted redheads who make poor decisions. Uh, for instance, I constantly fantasize at work about the trips I've been on or I'm going to go on. There's nothing sentimental I hold with my job or the girls I'm meeting. They seem to be looking for a guy to pay for things or spoil them with attention. I am not that dude. My hobbies include skateboarding and basketball, but other than my hobbies, there really isn't anything outside of these two things that keep my life interesting other than a trip or a spontaneous experience. Gentlemen, <clears throat> if I didn't have the GF, what would I be doing? Same thing you're doing now? Right. I'd be pursuing my hobbies. And is there really anything more in life? Other people? 
Well, right. But let me make another point. What percent of my time when I go out and do my hobbies, even with great friends like I have, like you guys, what percent of the time are you guys with me or someone's with me? (laughs) 0.01% of the time. Right. That that's life, man. People move. They, you're going to meet friends that are in faraway states. If you stay in shape, especially when you get older, the percent of people that can keep up with you drops dramatically. I remember one time I was sick and I decided I'd still go for a run. I still ran around the lake faster than anyone else. And, you know, I was feeling nauseous. Um, <clears throat> and your work sucks. Yes, work sucks. I don't know how many more times I could say it works. And yes, you were lied to. You're working to save the world. You're not going to change lives. You're not going to save lives. You're not going to change the world. And there's nothing rewarding about your job. Uh, you do not derive value from your job. The only thing your job is good for is what, gentlemen? Making money. money. And where do you live your life? What was that? Yeah. Where do you what? live your life? You make money at work. Where do you live your life? Not at work. Not at work. (laughs) You then go home. And what can most people expect to give them meaning, purpose, and value in life today? Should be friends and family. Right? And the percent of friends and family they're going to be around to keep your life thrilling? What percent of the free time that you're not at work will you be engaged with really intelligent, smart, loving people? Not a lot because I got to do other things. So that means you should probably find yourself a hobby. Well, what's a hobby is not a human. What's the number one human in most men's life? Oh, a A significant other. A significant other. And the chances of finding that are low. So you should probably also, as a solid plan B, start to have what? These are getting harder and harder. Uh, so if, if you can't find a girlfriend, you should have things you enjoy. You should have hobbies. Yeah. All right. So I'm trying to paint, again, the layout here for our uh, delusionally high expectations men. Your job will suck no matter where you go. You will dry, derive no value from it, but you will make money. And then you will go outside of work to derive value and meaning and purpose in life. The number one thing of which for most men would have been a wife or a girlfriend. But since that is going to be less than 1% chance, especially this guy's in his 20s as well, not going to be forthcoming, not saying you don't leave a line out there, that means you need to find hobbies. And that's what you derive value and, and fun and excitement with. And find other people who are able to enjoy the hobbies with you, which can be difficult because most people do the nine to five thing. And so all I'm ex- all I'm saying is that life is going to suck because your hobbies will get boring. You'll try to find new ones. They'll be exciting at first for a couple of few months, but you're not likely to find a girl. Uh, you're not likely to have kids. You're not likely to go and find lifelong friends that can keep up with you and your hobbies. But that's all that's on the fucking menu. So yes, your life is. They lied. Okay, when you were in high school, middle school, and college, they said we have filet mignon, we have big-breasted redheads that are demons in the sack, we have kids, we have picket white fences, we got nice houses you could afford, we got this, we got that. All that's on the motorcycle is a sucky job, hobbies that are likely going to be lonely, a sparse mattering of friends, and a 1% chance that uh, the chef will go check in the back to see if there's some wife material. Terribly sorry, sir. We're all out of quality wife material. Would you like yourself a seeking arrangement whore for the month? Okay. <laughs> That's on the fucking menu, gentlemen. So don't expect any more. Um, God, that's depressing. It's 
very, I keep trying to lower expectations. This is almost going to be a how do I get the girls? It's going to be the why is my why isn't life more exciting? I have no interest in being a manager of any sort or going up the ladder. I don't like responding to people and only talk to the managers of our staff I, if I have to. But the reason I have stayed with this job is simply because I work four days a week. I don't know many jobs where you can work four days a week. We need another recession to starkly remind these kids how valuable a job is. <laughs> My friends, in case you were wondering about them, are all in serious relationships that I don't hear from them. That's what's going to happen. My future plans when I'm 29 and a half. See, he's got it down to six. He's got it right down to that second. I want to quit my job and go travel the world for at least six months before I turn 30. I understand you could travel at any time in your life, but I believe there's nothing like traveling being young. I'd say if you travel for when you're old and all your friends who don't have money or time or a wife will let them go out and play, save it for your 40s and 50s because then you'll have something to do. Uh, I've been out of the country multiple times to Brazil and Colombia already and would like to go to Africa, Europe, and Asia. I've been to your favorite state, Colorado, too. want to go back there. But until then, I currently am and will work to save as much money as possible for when I turn 29 and a half. <laughs> I have no desire or focus of being a rock star auditor, nor do I really care about people I work with on a personal level. My view on life is as I'm getting older, as I'm getting, my view on life as I'm getting older is that it's more mundane and uh, is more mundane and pragmatic and thus all the romanticism regarding women and career success is being washed away from my brain. Yes, <clears throat> you're getting mature. You're starting to realize how much life sucks. What do you think about my current situation? Am I doing everything right? And is there anything wrong you see with quitting my job to go travel? I, I think his current situation is just fine. He's got a good job. He's doing everything right. Uh, you know, functionally, gentlemen, any any things he's doing wrong? What was his, uh, did he say what type of work he's in again? Like he's certified fraud examiner. Oh, oh right, right. No, that's awesome. That's, that's good. A legit, yeah, that's a legitimate. Yeah. About the only thing is, is I put a little bit more effort into your work because you do have a good job. Um, anything wrong with I, traveling? I mean, I, I don't, so he's going to quit that job to travel the world, right? Is that right. what he's saying? Yeah. Uh, I would say try to get a sabbatical instead if they'll give you one. Yeah. That's all I really got. That's the only question I had for him. I'm like, can you pick up your job after you leave? Yeah. As far as, and he writes, as far as getting me my job back, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd hold on to that, man. <laughs> I'd, yeah. Uh, and you think it's fun traveling the world? You go talk to Roosh. You go or just read his <laughs> book, Dead Bat in Paraguay. Like you think you're going to take off for 18 months? It is taxing and tiring. Um, I can tell you about that too. Yeah, please do. Tell them. Yeah, I, I lived in uh, Taiwan for four months. Um, it was a nice experience, but don't think it's like like in the movies, you know, like the hangover. Ah, it's just, <laughs> just being confused all the time, not being able to read anything. Was it thrilling 24-7? No. It wasn't thrilling? No. <laughs> but I heard I mean, It's that... nice. Go do it. Get it out of your system. It's just don't Pussy think like... paradise. Yeah, yeah. I thought Asian women just love our dicks over there, and they just throw themselves at us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some of them might, you know, but no, don't think it's like 24-7 kind of thing, no. Oh, yeah, I... No, he's take going a couple of weeks off. Take a couple of weeks off and go visit a country at a time. Yeah, just use your yeah. vacation. Don't. Yeah, I wouldn't give up that good a job. I didn't have that good a job at 27. I wouldn't give up that job. So we got yep. that there. Um, 
All right. You know what? Let's go through the sponsors real quick. Um, just one quick super chat before we do. Okay. Bacon again. What are everyone's favorite songs for karaoke? Hashtag Foo Fighters. We can think about that while you do the sponsors. <laughs> okay. Uh, the sponsors. We didn't even get to uh, articles. RDKlegal.com. That's Russell. You know what Russell does? What? He's a, he's a lawyer. You know what kind of lawyer oh, yeah. he is? He's in Chicago, isn't he? Chicago, and he's a divorce lawyer. And he yeah. says, I like the quote, uh, Russell wakes up, Russell takes a shit, Russell gets his coffee, and then Russell divorces people. <laughs> and if you want, go to his site, rdklegal.com, and look at how happy him and his business partner are about getting people divorced. It's really kind of cool. They're this, they can't wait to get into divorce uh, <clears throat> a, a court. Uh, he is licensed in both Illinois and Florida. And uh, I know uh, this would be kind of like seeing a doctor before you have problems. Go talk to him before you have problems, not uh, after you have problems. Uh, so before you get married in Florida or Illinois, maybe uh, throw a couple hundred bucks Russell's way and see what he thinks. Uh, we also have Financial Longevity, Your Guide to Securing Your Family's Financial Future by Dantarius Owens. That's basically how to get out of debt for millennials. Uh, he is a millennial. He got out of debt. So that makes him the only millennial in the world that's out of debt and gives him the financial authority to tell you how to get out of debt. Hmm. Uh, you can find that Amazon paperback at Kindle. Viva La Manosphere. You guys ever go to that site? I've never been there. It's kind of a drudge report uh, for the red pill community. I get a fair amount of traffic. So that's why I kind of keep referencing him because he's treated me well in the past. The mensadvocate.net. Go there before you get divorced. And if you're looking for an advocate and you are a male, nice little website, links to articles, things like that. Sanity is the future of wealth. If you want to read my best post, you can't because I put it behind a paywall at patreon.com slash Aaron Clary. It is a 21-page post, actually, now that I've edited it, uh, that I will be publishing in the future as a short little uh, pamphlet, really. Um, but it is that good of a post. But in the meantime, if you donate, I don't know, a buck a month or whatever Patreon takes, um, you could get access to it. And that is Sandy is the future of wealth. Uh, Patreon.com slash Aaron Clary. The Pence Principle. Uh, what is that? Oh, I got it here. <clears throat> no, that's not it. No, that's not it. No, no that's not it either. Do 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 I have sons. I love them. I also wish them the best in life. And I did not invest my time, sweat, toil, and love in them to see their lives ruined by petty people, angry people, or politicians who've pitted the sexes against one another. And it will be a cold day in hell if my sons are ever going to endure the despicable nightmare Justice Kavanaugh did. If you have a nephew, a son, a husband, an uncle, a father, a father you love, you owe it to them to get them this handbook. Our boys are too valuable to send into this world unprepared. So <clears throat> it's basically a book on how not to get uh, falsely accused of rape or Brett Kavanaugh. That's uh, follow the Pence principle. Uh, Orion's Please visit that site. 
if you want to read different articles and also a nice little photo gallery, he's a professional photographer. The hyphen quintessentialist.blogspot.com. That is my go-to movie review blog. And I am waiting for him to review the Avengers movie more recently. Academiccomposition.com. Go to academiccomposition.com if you want somebody else to write your college papers for you. Alex and his crack team of writing staff will write the papers for you. And then he's also looking to hire writers and marketers. Not a fun, exciting job, but a job you can do from home. And then we have my books, <clears throat> Reconnaissance Man, The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, Bachelor Pad Economics, Worthless, The Young Person's Indispensable Guide to Choosing the Right Major, Enjoy the Decline, Curse of the High IQ, Poor Richard's Retirement, and my best of Kathy's books, which, hang on, are on the ground. Watch the head again. <laughs> Did they go? Oh, it's over there. That's why. Best of my posts you could find. They've been consolidated into Captain Capitalism Top Shelf, Captain Capitalism Reserved, and Love Letters to the Left, all available paperback and Kindle, not audiobook. Uh, and then if you've already read them, please write a review on Amazon.com or just give it a star rating, preferably five, but be honest. And that is it for sponsors. Gentlemen, what do we got for the final Super Chats? Well, if you were going to have one song to karaoke, any song, oh. which one would you pick? It's called The Coffee Song. Uh, don't think I know that one. It's the funnest, happiest song. It's simple lyrics, too, because people mistake it for the Brazil song, and that's a horrible song. This one is uh, way down among Brazilians. Coffee beans grow by the billions. So they've got a lot of coffee cups to fill. They got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. You can't get cherry soda because they've got to fill that quota. But the way things are, they guess they never will. I mean, the, the lyrics are just simple and fun. It's a happy, fun song. Cool. Someday maybe I'll play it. Uh, well, bacon for $2.20. Oh, wait, what about Atham? What does Atham get? What does he have? Oh, Atham, what would you karaoke? Mm, Man in Black, Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the, uh, from the movie? I guess, yeah. He has a song. You know, I like it. Oh, you're talking about Johnny Cash? You said? Johnny Cash, yeah. Oh, oh not the, not oh, the Will Cash. Smith, that terrible no. rap song. No, no, no. Hell, late late 90s. Um, good. What about you, <laughs> you? Girl from Eponema, I presume? No, there's this one country song. And I know what you're thinking, country, but uh, I love it because it's it's this it's where my parents are from the town that they're from it's called amarillo by morning by george Strait. do you know it oh i think i heard of that one yeah it's like a late 80s one but yeah i can i can knock that one out of the park despite what everybody in the audience yeah. thinks they're always hating on me that one i can sing isn't that the well. guy who sings all my exes are from texas yes yeah okay i know same I know dude yeah. cool maybe what we should do is we'll go karaoke at some place at a meetup, but that will be the behind the scenes. Like everyone's got to pay, you know, kind of like be behind the paywall. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like the convention twenty one group. Like ah, you come here for the ray, but if you want the primo seats, you get to see them karaoke. And I'm not joking; it'd be like five hundred dollars because you know someone's going to film it and they're going to put it up on the internet. <laughs> Ring booze. That's all I got to say. All right, what else? Uh, well, Bacon wanted me to sing Mother by Danzig, and he said, you're welcome, chatters, because they were giving me some hate. They're like, no, don't sing, Chad, don't sing. So, Do you know the lyrics? 
No, I don't even think I've heard the song before, oh. but I'll make it a homework assignment to check out. I it will check that one out. It's probably then like my, really hard. <laughs> my video will go viral and then we'll make millions in super chads. Hmm. Um, no, that's oh, it for okay. now. That's it. All right. Uh, gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I might go and try and get a golf time in uh, because it's the sun's out. But, yeah, it's uh, and it's cold though outside. Baby, it's cold outside is another good song to sing. <laughs> um, that's it, everybody. If you would please kindly <clears throat> like the video while you're logged in listening right now. We appreciate it very much. Thank you very much for the super chats to everybody. Please spread the word of the Older Brother podcast where we help out. I'd like it to get where we could help out millions, you know, like we got millions of young men and women tuning in. I know it's not possible because people want to pay for the lies and believe in the college experience and, and men will like me for my personality and girls will like me <laughs> because I act like I make money. I know it's, it's a hard sell, but if we can actually help out some people like we did today, so you're at least not feeling bad about yourself making 80 grand a year as a 22 year old. If we could get those guys, you know, spread the word around, help out your friends, help your, family and loved ones uh buy my books check them out on amazon.com those books will help you a lot <clears throat> why i think i'm missing something um should we talk about our stuff or yeah no we're gonna get oh assholeconsulting.com sorry that assholeconsulting.com send your questions there if you want more of a direct one-on-one -on -one re uh, response uh yeah what do you guys got go ahead tell everybody about your stuff uh, well, first, very quick super chat from Bacon Maldito, uh, $2.06. And he always does this. He said, just to make you look, new cast is up. Cheers, gents. So we'll oh, listen good. to I'll his. Yeah. yeah. And then, Atham, you really don't have a social presence, uh, media presence, thank God. You're actually going to go and have a happy life and not have to deal with this. Correct. Good, good. <laughs> you just keep working a real job. Somebody has to. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks for everybody being on. And uh, Atham, would you like to take us away correctly? Toodles. <laughs>